Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction. And free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Welcome back to another episode of Wrestling Around. This week, we are going all the way back to 1999, and unfortunately, we've got another WCW pay-per-view for you. It wasn't as bad as two weeks ago. But before we get into that, joining me today is Lewis Mann. Lou, how are we doing? Yeah, I'm good. I, I resent you coming to this WCW pay-per-view. Uh, I enjoyed it. It's a good look back at um, my childhood wrestling as a WCW guy. Um, but other than that, yeah, I'm, I'm good. And also joining us is the world-famous Terry Peters. Terry, how are you doing? All good over here. Another week of lockdown survived uh, and somewhat enjoyed this perfume. Didn't buy into it too much. Feel as though it was sold on the nostalgia, but we'll, uh, I'll pick up on that with Lou. I feel as though he <laughs> sold me a dud again. <laughs> Terry Peters, not happy. I am Ross Markham, and yeah, like I said, we're going all the way back to the 11th of April, 1999, on WCW Spring Stampede. Lou, you um, you got pretty fired up at the, the start of last week's show. Um, anything else stuck uh, in your craw this week? Uh, not at the moment. You know, I'm feeling quite quite placid. Um, just had a, I enjoyed an enjoyable two days of uh, WrestleMania the last weekend. Um, despite there being no fans, I thought they did a really good job. Um, so I kind of enjoyed that. I've not been to the Tacoma Dome, so I can't uh, comment on their catering options. Um, but I'm sure that it was a lot better than the Kaybilly goddamn Hutchinson Convention Center <laughs> in Dallas, goddamn Texas. But you know, let's move on. Yeah, if you if you had to guess what the food options would be, uh, what are you saying? The Tacoma Dome. I'd, I would like to think about that more than naturals, you know. You know, I'm like, I'm just going to try and evaluate all these food options now without actually going to the uh, the events. But I would like to think there was more than nachos. I would like to think if you asked for a Diet Coke, like, at worst, you would get a Pepsi. Um, but that you would get a carbonated, caffeinated beverage uh, if you so chose. It did look like some of the crowd were drinking that, so you may be onto a winner already there. Yeah, yeah the fans are like, having a good time. They're like they're well-fed um, and well-hydrated. <laughs> well, I'm hoping they had a good time because it was sold out. There's 17,000 people in attendance. Uh, it did look full. Sometimes when you say sold out, it's, it's not so true, is it? And you can see you can see seats in the crowds that, that are empty and they're all given away. But I thought it, yeah, I thought it was full of nostalgia. Uh, it was it was good. Um, Peters, have you got any any thoughts as a whole just before we get into it? 
it I didn't buy into it to be fair. I don't know. I just didn't it didn't grip me as a pay per view. I don't know if that's because I was more of a WWE F guy as a as a child, so I can't really relate to any of it. But I think from nineteen ninety six the production values have increased a lot, which pleased me no end because I could actually hear entrance music and the staging area looked a lot better than it did at Uncensored ninety six that we reviewed a couple of weeks ago. But on the whole, I think, like you say, it was very nostalgic for, for Lou, but for someone like me that's never seen it before, it was okay. <laughs> right, let's get into WCW Spring Stampede 1999. Right, so um, starting off, there was an, an initial promo highlighting the, the Four Corners match, the big match, and the Goldberg vs. Nash match. I thought it was done pretty well, but I was a bit disappointed that it only highlighted what I guess they were saying was the main event and, and the co-main event. Have you got any thoughts on, on the opening package? We didn't see that much with the, the 96 show. I bloody love the music. I actually shazammed it as well. <laughs> I, I have what shazammed the song. It, what was the song? It, it was, hang on, let me just pull my app up. It was. Um, as a man that is into that sort of music quite heavily... Pun intended. I enjoyed it a lot. It was Zach Tempest with Nine Lives, I believe. Right. That's the, oh, yeah. the one for you. I've not listened to it in full, but I may do after this. <laughs> Lou, um, did you like the music? <laughs> I, I didn't really notice the music, to be honest. I don't think it was like. I, I said it in it, um, but that's mainly because I'm not living in the, uh, the early 2000s. <laughs> Um, I I thought it, it was good. Um, one thing that uh, maybe annoyed me, just me maybe, um, was when it was showing the four people in the in the main event: DDP, Hogan, Ric Flair, and Sting. It just kept randomly stopping, sort of like it was buffering, but it wasn't buffering because the music kept going. Um, I don't, maybe that was my internet. I thought it was, but the fact it did it on all four and then never did it throughout the show again, um, I just thought it was a bit weird. I, I don't never really got it, but the looks on your two faces <laughs> looks like that was just my internet. <laughs> Didn't pick up on it. <laughs> to be fair, I think, it, I think it may have happened. It kind of freeze framed on him. Yeah, I wasn't. Was, I wasn't offended by it. Uh, just uh, sort of I mean, you were too busy. I was, just, I, I was too busy that. enjoying the music. Well, I to notice that. Um, but yeah, I, just, I was a little bit disappointed it didn't go into it because there were some other big matches on the card. It didn't go into any of their matches. Just sort of, I think pretty much typical WCW. They cared about the top of the card and not the rest. Yeah, and that was a running theme within the uh, within the shows. Like they were just basically saying a lot of stuff just didn't matter. Yeah. Um, on commentary all the way all the way through, which I found a bit weird. <laughs> so moving on from that, we uh, what is seems to be a theme with WCW uh, pay-per-views. We start with a commentary team, and we've got another booth of three: with Tony Schiavone, Mike Today, and Bobby the Brain Heenan. Lou, any thoughts on, on the three-man booth, the commentary team? Um, was this Mike Tanay's first pay-per-view? I don't know. I'm guessing it was based on how they introduced him and how Bobby Heenan, throughout this segment and the rest of the show, just did not seem impressed by Mike Tanay's They seemed to be lambasting him because I think he may have been on thunder from some of the things that was Bobby Heenan yeah. was saying, and it just felt like, like you say, that he was... that that the brain didn't seem too impressed with him actually being there. No, he was like, oh, who's, who's this guy? And then there was one point where he said, oh, I'm Thunder. And he was like, oh, I didn't watch it. And I was just like, right, okay. Well, you just buried, <laughs> you buried your, sh- your second show there. Um, 
And I forgot that Saturday night even existed at this point. But is that not classic um, WCW burying their own show? Yes. Uh, on um, in nineteen ninety six, it was moved up to the main show of WCW on Monday Nitro. Ah. September the second, nineteen ninety six. So maybe not. Maybe he's just come back. It doesn't say. It. Maybe yeah. It just seems it seems to be like they're they're reintroducing him. Um, Siobhan is very casual, casually dressed. I did notice that compared to the last time, where it was all yeah. in tuxedos. But maybe it's because they're like it's kind of themed, isn't it? Um, yeah. So maybe he was dressed kind of like a cowboy. I didn't pick up on what, it. Jacket cowboy. I think he had leather jacket and jeans Well, he's like a modern day cowboy. It's still <laughs> people are still doing it now. Right? It's still cattle. Yeah, I think it was maybe in um, the time it was as well in the nineties, especially in ninety nine. It was sort of not cool anymore to be sharply dressed. And I think those maybe trying to get on that bandwagon. Yeah. But yeah, we've got a, a team of three, which uh, WCW seems to, to duff quite a lot of. Mm-hmm. Um, that goes it straight into the first match, and we've got uh, Juventud Guerrero against Blitzkrieg. I think I butchered the name, but we'll go with that. Blitzkrieg, and this is announced on the air that it's a number one contender match for the cruiserweight title, which will be happening on Nitro the night after. Something that seems to happen quite a lot. In uh, in WCW, the very but, but like Bischoff always says, it's a, a TV show, isn't it? More than a pay per view, so they wanted their big numbers on TV rather than rather than on the pay per view. Uh, what did we think of Blitzkrieg, formerly known as the Fabulous Blitzkrieg? Peters, any any thoughts? Well, I'll just pick up on a point just before I get onto Blitzkrieg. You couldn't hear the names being announced for the first couple of matches, and it really. I really noticed it on this because I thought, who is this guy? And then I saw his name. I didn't know how to pronounce it straight off the bat. Right. And it really annoyed me. But just onto Blitzkrieg, I thought he was okay. I think out of the two performers, Booby 2 Guerrero was a lot better. Um, he- the style seemed to suit him more. Although, to be fair to Blitzkrieg, he did pull off some good moves, but I just preferred Booby 2 He The problem with Blitzkrieg was he looked early 90s, almost like a superhero. Right, it's like a, an odd mask on it. Yeah, like, that's and it's coming it, off it. Yeah, it looks it looks a bit too superhero-y for me, rather than a lucha libre. I believe it was it was it was built was it from the cosmos? It was built from so maybe that was sort of what they were going for. Lou, any any thoughts on, on Blitzkrieg before we get into the match? Yeah, no, no. <laughs> not really. Is it? <laughs> <laughs> it was a generic luchador. Um, I recognise his music though. I think you know, Pete, as you were saying that you couldn't hear the names pronounced. I think on a network, some of the theme tunes are overdubbed. Right. Because that I think that, that music has been used on a few of the 2K games recently. Um, so I think they've just kind of shoved it in. So there was some that a bit loud, but I think that's why. Right. right. But yeah, Blitzkrieg was what it was. It was typical of the Cruiserweight division. Um, and the whole match was just kind of the Cruiserweight division in those days. They were just kind of there, having good matches, but they didn't really have enough characters. Yeah. And he was just sort of one like that. It's like a generic luchador just kind of coming down doing some flips and stuff. Yeah, I thought it was a it was a good match to, to start off with. Like you were saying, Rob, I thought um Blitzkrieg was a little sloppy compared to Hoven to Guerrero, but then that's why Guerrero is a legend of the, the Luchadors and Cruiserweights and I'd not heard of Blitzkrieg till this morning when I watched <laughs> when I watched the show for the first time. But I thought it was a good match to start off with and again I think the first match of the card is 
one of the most important matches because you've got to set up the show without making it too difficult for everyone to follow you. And I thought they did that that yes. really well. For a cruiserweight match, but you you hear don't you all the time? Oh, they just spot monkeys and they don't they don't put any thought into what they're doing. But I thought they could have gone a lot further. But they still had a probably one of my favourite matches on the card as a whole without without going crazy. Just on the spot monkeys thing, Hoobie Two Guerrero did the Hoobie Driver off the off the top. That looked horrible the way it landed. Like it looked properly brutal the way it sort of finished the match. It was to say they're just spot monkeys. I think maybe more so now than they were here because here the WCW Cruiserweight division seems to have a lot of credibility about it. That's what people taught and and sort of associate with WCW at the time. Yeah, I'd, I'd agree with that. It was, um, I, I thought it was amazing. I love the finish. <laughs> it's absolutely yeah. great. Um, just some other, was speaking of spots, just some other good stuff. Blitzkrieg did a Springbok moonsault, which I thought looked unbelievable. If you get a moonsault right, I think it's one of the best moves in wrestling. It's a very uh, photogenic move, isn't it? Yeah, if, if they keep the body straight, like um, to, just to go on to current stuff, like Io Shirai has the best moonsault in wrestling um, compared to. Uh, I don't know. Let's say, Cat Angle, you... unbelievable wrestler, but his moonsault's not great. <laughs> Where you get Charlotte Flair that then overrotates and almost lands on her feet when she hits them? Yeah, I think it, it, it is an art. Continue. It's just sort of a, a backwards flip. It, it, it's, if you get it right, it's one of the best moves. The best moves out there, I think. Um, I did notice in this match, the commentary team was pushing Blitzkrieg very, very hard. Considering he'd only, I think he'd only debuted a couple of months before and not been in there that long. I don't think he'd been wrestling for that long. He sort of got that that air off the commentary. But um, they were pushing him as, I believe they said, was it the future of WCW or the future of the Cruiserweight division? Um, something, something like that, and then he retired in the October of that year. So <laughs> make, make of that what you will. At the time, though, I didn't I didn't know that. But, um, did you did you still, did you see anything in Blitzkrieg that you could have you've maybe thought? Yeah, he's the future of the of the wrestling. No, and again, like I didn't think this commentary was taking it that seriously. Like Bobby Heenan in this show reminds me a lot of when Jerry Lawler is commenting on the NXT guys now. Just don't know. It's just like, oh, really? Yeah, we'll see about that. And like, just very, it just seemed a bit off and kind of, I don't know. I feel like it took away from the, the match massively for me because he started talking on the main event. Um, yeah. So was like, oh, these two are fighting on Thunder and. He was just like, yeah, I don't watch Thunder. He watches Thunder. And I just thought, this is very weird. Um, because there was no, like, brand split or anything. There was no need, there was no reason for him to be, like, a heel commentator against his own, Nitro his own or Thunder. Because it's the same company, yeah. yeah. I think the um, thing with Thunder was that, wasn't it where a lot of the top guys had to only wait so many days, which is why they're on Nitro, and then the rest of the roster was sort of filled up the cards, such as Thunder and the undercard on Nitro, oh, yeah. so it you weren't getting the big people, and I can only assume that is why Heenan was maybe shitting on it a bit. Yeah, I know. I understand it was a B ship, but I don't get why you'd make that point. No, Especially no, I agree. I, I while agree. you're trying to get, while you're trying to get into the match, but like again, we're like we're, we're blitzkrieg. Like, I didn't see anything that special. It was like special. it's the issue with the cruiserweight division, like now as it was then. Like it's a good show opener, but you're not going to get anyone unless it's like come out of the cruiserweight division. Yeah, they're not going to get anywhere in it because it's. It's a smaller time. It's a small time division compared to the heavyweights. Yeah, I'm glad you you brought that up. I've got them talking about main events. Nothing winds me up more than commentators talking about stuff that's not happening in the ring. You've got after the, after to do that, or you've got before while while they're actually wrestling in the ring. 
talk about them in the ring. It's like JR always says, they write the music and he writes the lyrics. Yeah. You, you've got to you've got to go on about what what they're doing because yeah, it takes you right out and like you say, you, you don't get that sense of importance here when they're oh well what they're not bothered about this match they're talking about something else that's happening later so that's that's the important bit this is just like you say happening yeah but nevertheless it was it was a good match as you'd expect from the cruiserweight division at this time it's probably one of the shining lights of wcw and uh juventus guerrero wins by pinfall after like you said rob an absolutely sickening super hoover driver off the top row and the more they showed it the more i winced but I thought it was low-key amazing. <laughs> I, just, I thought it was a, a a good, solid match to open, and I thought, yeah, like I said, I thought the ending was absolutely amazing. I don't remember in his WWE run him ever doing the Hoovy Driver either, particularly. I know, I know he wasn't in it too long and didn't have a prominent part. But I, don't, I don't remember him ever doing that as a as a move. I could be wrong on that, but I, hey, I think nothing. I think we've probably seen. Man. I think we've probably seen why tonight. They probably said like, no, you're not doing that, mate. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Especially not off, the, not off the top, yeah. Yeah. Uh, but the, yeah, they went 11 minutes, uh, unbelievable match. And then we go on to um, something that WCW maybe aren't known for, but they were trying to, to push and trying to, to get um, in retaliation to ECW and the hardcore division of WWF. We have got Hack against Bam Bam Bigelow in a hardcore match. <laughs> and Hack comes out with. Chastity is is wrapped in in barbed wire. He's got a table. Chastity is holding a, a kendo stick. And um, so before we get on to his opponent, Bam Bam, for those of you who don't know, Hack is the Sandman from ECW. <laughs> Terrible name. <laughs> um, and then Bam Bam Bigelow sort of ambushes him with a a trolley full of weapons. And uh, this was just uh, hardcore silliness at his finest, wasn't it? Um. <laughs> Lou, any any thoughts? Are you a fan of the hardcore stuff? Oh, it was it was so stupid. I loved it. It was just <laughs> it was ridiculous. And again, the commentary absolutely buried it. But I found that kind of funny this time. It was just like the main note I wrote down is like Heenan just hates hardcore wrestling. <laughs> like, yeah, absolutely hates it. But they were just like, oh yeah, the throwing all this each other. What's the point, idiots? Um, yeah, it it felt like the the hardcore division in in WCW never never really worked. Um, it worked to an extent in WWF, I think, especially with the twenty four seven yeah title change and so that. And I felt like WCW were just doing it because they felt like they had to. Um, yeah, I think they just signed these guys and they had no idea what to do with them. Like there was a there was one where I think Simon did a flip bump off a ladder out through a table that was on the side of the ring. It was propped up between the announced, the announced, oh, the, the guardrail, guardrail and, and the apron, yeah. And he does a flip bump right over it. <laughs> and the crowd, the, the crowd are just like, oh, yeah, look at that. Like there was, the crowd wasn't invested at all for that no. level to be worth it. Like you should be, you should be doing that. And even now you would get like the holy shit, holy shit chance. But everyone was just like, oh yeah, look at that. I just, uh, just front flip through a table onto the outside. It was well, it was mental. It felt like they'd put a lot of effort into it and had risked a lot, and it was a very very little reward. Yeah, like you you sort of got a flavour, uh, feeling for what the match was going to be like because within the first two minutes, Sandman goes through a table off yeah. a ladder. For I was off a ladder. I was off a sort of a 
tractory carriage thing, wasn't it? He <laughs> jumps yeah. off the staging area, doesn't he? Yeah. Like the, the carriage. Which is like a Western theme, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. And so within like the first two minutes, he's, they've gone through a table and I, yeah, where do you go from there? You've got to, you've got to ramp it up. And then they definitely, yeah, use a lot of, of a variety of weapons. I think they pulled out a guardrail from under the ring at one point. And yes. There's yes, yes. a ladder involved. There's trash cans. There's, yeah. And a fire extinguisher, which seems to be the, the running theme of this feud from the uh, from the replays they were showing. Yeah, a fire extinguisher. Yeah, they, they had the uh, like you say, they had the typical ECW spots of the guardrail and the and the apron. Um, to me, it's I agree with you. WCW sort of one day thought we need a hardcore division. What can we yeah. do? And someone said, "Oh, why don't we just sign some of them ECW guys?" Yeah, I think that's basically what happened. And I've, I've, you know, I'd be remiss if I didn't point out the the spot of the match was the the fire extinguisher up the has. Well, Heenan has just no idea what to say at this point. He just uh, goes, "Oh yeah, that's good for putting out fires." And it was. They just, uh, just move on. Oh, such a stupid spot. It was such a stupid match, but I actually found it highly entertaining. Well, for I, all the completely wrong reasons, because it was ridiculous. What I did notice was, and uh, Bischoff always says to me, he never watched ECW, but all of the wrestlers kept shouting, I'm the most extreme. I yeah. picked up on this. I yeah. picked up on the commentator saying it will be about who is Mr. Extreme. Yeah. And like you say, it was almost like they were throwing it to to, to the ECW saying, look, they've got this ECW history, but in the WCW arena... But yeah. I didn't actually know up until this match that Sandman was ever part of WCW. I never knew he went there until I saw him walk down that the entrance's pack. Uh, yeah, um, he didn't look in the best of shape, did he? I mean, I know he's never been a body guy, but I thought he looked quite overweight, especially in some of the promo packages yeah. before the match. Towards the end of his ECW run, though, he looked very similar to that. And even in his ECWWE run, he looked the same. I don't... Like whereas when you watch him in early ECW, it looks like a totally different person. So I don't, I can only assume that he's he's obviously drinking a lot or whatever. But uh, it, it just doesn't look a wrestler, does he? At um, this point, no. no he, which is he, which kind of brings me into my thing of like you know when Bischoff says that he never watched ECW, he didn't know who these guys were. Yeah, I just don't believe that at all because there is no reason to sign the Sandman. Or when we go on to the next match, Mikey can rip work. If you haven't watched ECW, like you, you wouldn't sign him on look alone. Yeah, you probably wouldn't. They probably wouldn't pass like a normal in-ring tryout. You could only have signed him from knowing them from ECW or knowing they were successful somewhere somewhere else because they're not they're not wrestlers. No, really, they're stupid, aren't they? Yeah, um, but yeah, I mean, I think like did Sandman die on that finish? <laughs> so, so the finish was uh, Bam Bam Bigelow did his finishing move. The greetings from Asbury Park. Uh, through a table of the top row, and um, it's not the move I ever want to be on the receiving oh, end. He landed right <laughs> on his head. It was, it was sickening. Absolutely, and then he showed it so many times. It doesn't and get I was like, oh my god, watch, he's it? he's dead. Like it was, it was frankly disgusting <laughs> to watch. Again, though, they showed it so many times. Whereas you watch ECW, they did exactly the same thing. They actually showed, like I know there was a when Sap. Sabu once broke his neck on EC. I think it was Sabu. They showed the point of the, like his neck breaking on the angle. Ah, uh, is that the one where they drew the white lines? On yeah, it? yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm just thinking if ECW have done that, and Bischoff says he's never seen ECW, why would WCW then replay the finish so many times? Possibly, maybe Bischoff hasn't seen it, but somebody 
in WCW. Somebody has somewhere. Yeah, somebody was an ECW, either an ECW fan or had come from ECW. I think that's that's a given. So um, yeah, so the finish is Chastity gets involved with a fire extinguisher. <laughs> Just turned <laughs> turned around on there. Um, so Chastity. Uh, She's got an interesting history. <laughs> that is, uh, ever, ever gone back. So she came in as Raven's sister. Yeah. Um. Then she left Raven, started managing um, this hack, not the Sandman hack. Um. Then went back to Raven, and then was fired because she was in an adult film. Oh. <laughs> and I was interested. There you go. So I think she was she was only there for less than a year. <laughs> I mean, again, with with her ring name, you would you would think that would be think something they would know or would be referencing. Yeah, well, um, she'd been in ECW before, and so I, I, um, again, that's one of one who's just been. They must have just blanket signed a lot of a lot of people, like you say. Yeah. Oh, what do we need to do with these? Oh, we've got a hardcore division. So yeah. they went eleven minutes. Um, different match to the first. <laughs> I felt it. I felt it was very out of place. Very it was. I, I. It was so stupid. I enjoyed it, and especially you know we're talking about this is like all oh, one big nostalgia trip for me. Yes, true. Um. I imagine as a kid, I would have absolutely loved this one. Because it's the sort of match you have with your wrestling figures in it where you're just going yeah. in the old trap. Yeah. Uh, in the ring. Um, it was very, very late 90s. If it was, if you had it now, you'd be like, what the hell is this? Like, yeah. But off the time, it was yeah. quite enjoyable, I thought. To me as well, it had a very different feel to um, a hardcore match in, w, in WWE at the time. Um, they had sort of more of a, a, a not too serious vibe about them. They, like like you say, they had it was all just it was people chasing each other once it and hitting with silly weapons and stuff like that. Whereas this, like you say, was trying to just be the most extreme thing it could be. It, it, it was just transferring ECW into WCW and had carnage. a very different vibe. It was carnage, wasn't it? Carnage from start to be. I mean, Sandman come out with with the bar wire wrapped around himself. They put it in the, and the table. They put bar, they put bar wire on the car. I don't think it got used. <laughs> No, I didn't. That was ridiculous. That there was there was a few times where they set things up, and I just forgot to use them. Um, yeah, yeah, it was odd. So Bam, I, I enjoyed it for its, its stupidity. <laughs> so Bam Bam Bigelow picks up the win, proving that he is the most extreme. Yeah. And then we move on to uh, a bit of a surprise and un- an unannounced match on the card with <laughs> Scotty Riggs against the. Uh, my- Whipper, what did we think of this? <laughs> did you think it needed to be there? I mean, it was unannounced for a reason, wasn't it? Let's be honest. Jesus. It was it just, awful. It, it, it just seemed like a like a weekly TV match. I don't know why why it would be on a pay-per-view. I don't know. They could have given maybe an extra five minutes to the first match, or they could have given an extra five minutes to one of the matches coming up, or they could have split a minute extra to each match, I think. And it's already a stacked card. I think there's already nine or ten matches. I don't particularly think it needed to be there. Lou, any thoughts on Scotty Riggs versus Mikey Whipwreck? Yeah, it was a drizzling shit. Um, so this is what I'm saying about, like, <laughs> Mikey Whipwreck. What is the point in signing Mikey Whipwreck? Like, he worked in ECW. Um, and I guess it's got parallels, like, like nowadays, where it's like you have your favourite favorite guy in your favourite indie promotion. Um, and then you know he gets signed by the big leagues, and it's like it doesn't work out for him. And I think this is like one of those things. It's like where this would never have worked out for Mikey Whipwreck because he couldn't wrestle. The whole point of him in ECW is that he got all the way to the title, and it was like this great underdog story. 
but he's he never, never hit a be... move for years, did he? In ECW. Yeah, I yeah. think he went he was... without two years without hitting an actual yeah. move. And he was never going to be WCW champion or anything like that. Like he had nowhere to go. Uh, he was just, he was just rubbish, wasn't it? That this, this was the only match. This is the match where I started thinking, oh, this show wasn't as good as I remember. It. This was uh, not good. Like when the crowd started chanting "boring." Yeah. Yeah, pretty, like, yeah, yeah, pretty yeah. Yeah, play. Yeah, you're right there. Can we yeah. appreciate Mike Whitbread's dragon t-shirt though? No. Fan of the um, fan of the the attire, are you? I'm not saying I'm a fan of it. I'm just saying it was incredible to watch a wrestler performing that. It was almost like the flame shirt of its day. I, I would say uh, I'm glad the bandana looks gone. <laughs> <laughs> Mike Whitbread doing anybody who has a bandana no favors in this. In this one. But um, yeah, just to get into your point about Mike Whitwell, um, I believe the story was in ECW, they needed a jobber and he, he helped put the ring up or something. And yeah. so they asked him to be it. And then, depending on who you believe, WCW signed Mike Whitwell just to annoy ECW. So that's that's yeah. why they signed him. They realised they had nothing to do with him. I don't think he was there for very long, was he? No, he's gone by the end of the year, hasn't he? Um, but this is sort of. I get what they're trying to do is trying to put Scotty Riggs over. Um, he's just left the flock after it was disbanded. Um, he's got a narcissist gimmick. It's very Lex Luger of yeah. sort of early on in the nineties. Um, yeah, went seven minutes. Scotty Riggs won with a flying forearm that Shawn Michaels must do about five times every match. <laughs> yeah, so they just ended. Um, and I think we'll move on. <laughs> Unannounced please. Match. Yes, yes, please. <laughs> yeah, let's go on. So, so we've got a, a grudge match of sorts. This is between Conan or K Dog and Disco Inferno. Um, it's a grudge match because basically <laughs> Conan's made a music video. Disco <laughs> Inferno was not a fan of the music video. <laughs> Conan thinks Disco Inferno is, and I quote, a strawberry. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, this is a much different Conan to what we watched uh, a couple of weeks ago. Um, of Conan three years ago. Yeah. Hell of a different Conan. Peters, what did you think of Conan Disco Inferno? So, uh, do you know what? I preferred this version of Conan to the one that we watched at Uncensored 96. I felt <laughs> as though it was, he was a lot more of a bruiser than he was probably at the at Uncensored 96. I thought overall the match was. Okay, um, Conan did a cradle DDT on Disco Inferno, which I thought looked quite good. Um, and then I like the finish of the match as well, where uh, Conan used Disco Inferno as a, a move against him. The, the last dance, yeah. Yeah. Um, like you say, other than that, I thought it was okay. I thought Conan looked quite impressive. Didn't think much to Disco Inferno. But I think the storyline going into it again was probably the most WCW thing you could ever think of. I'm almost surprised that it wasn't a music video on a pole match, to be honest with you. <laughs> well, I mean, this is like a couple of months before Russo, but if this was uh, yeah, well, this was the year after, April 2000, I think it probably would have been. <laughs> I like uh, music video contract on a forklift match. <laughs> but you've got to marry Judy Bagwell after you win it or something, I don't know. <laughs> uh, Lou, K-Dog, Disco Inferno. Oh, good God. Okay, so this is another match where I was like, you know, I think like this show might not have been as good. Right? My first issue started with, and this feels like it should be an issue, Disco Inferno was representing the NWO Wolfpack. Yeah. What's that? What's that? Right? 
this cool was, heel heel group, and they've got oh, yeah, well, just, yeah, he's a dancing disco guy. I don't, I, I don't think he was ever officially in it. I believe. Well, he didn't come to the music, but then I guess like you couldn't disco dance to the uh, the Wolfpack. Yeah, I, I believe he was. He sort of affiliated with it without actually being in. Yeah, that was. I, I do feel that everybody in WCW has been in the NWO, haven't they? Yeah, so, which I think this is, why, this, is why, this is why this is why this is why it died. Yeah. Yeah. There's too many people in. Like Disco Inferno should not be in that. And and Conan or K Dog as he calls himself. I don't know if this was cool in the nineties, but I just found it really really lame. It was like our truth without the comedy. It was. I just found him like every time he, he said something, I was just like. Ugh. I thought, and I don't know if it's I was just sort of because they both had dog in the name, but I thought this is just a rip off a of road dog. Yeah, <laughs> I, I think you just think it's, I, I, so, it wasn't as good. I have had brief interactions with both Disco Inferno and Conan. Um, I used to, to, to be a member of WrestleZone forums about 10 years ago. Yeah. And they went through this period where they were bought by, I think it's the one by Crave Online. And they were like, right, we're going to get some ex-wrestlers in to just join the forums <laughs> and just right. kind of talk to people. And two of them were genuinely Disco Inferno and Conan. Uh, right. Conan, Conan was just a knobhead, to be honest. That's the only way. He just kept threatening to beat everyone up. And saying, keep it real, keep it 5150. So I think maybe that's why I've got this impression of him, him being just like really lame. I don't think he was particularly well liked behind the scenes, was he? He seems, I think he fell out with a lot of wrestlers. No, and then when he tried to join WWE again, he rang up Bruce Pritchard and said, oh, yo, it's K Dog. And Bruce Pritchard didn't know who it was. <laughs> so he said, right, send me a tape for the phone down on him. I think this was like a year after it because it was on the radical shirts across. Yeah, uh, I remember, I've heard this. Yeah. And it was like, you're my fuck Bruce Pritchard. Like, but he was just like, who the fuck's K-Dog? Like, <laughs> I think he's got a very high opinion of himself. I know that much. Like, I'm not a fan of Conan. Not particularly a fan of uh, Glenn Gilberti or, or Disco Inferno. He takes himself very seriously for a guy who is a disco dancing wrestler. Yes, I'm just <laughs> this is just a character assassination on these two now, isn't it? but <laughs> yeah, so I found Disco Inferno and the NWO Wolfpack to be stupid, and then I found Conan just just really lame, just really lame. I've yeah. got a question for you: Who's your favorite disco dancer, Disco Inferno or Fandango? Uh, well, I think you'll find he was a salsa dancer. That's the same thing, isn't it? So for me, I'd go for Noah Hazza. Well, his favorite, favorite, favorite dancer, wrestler. Fa- possibly favorite dancing wrestler. Yeah. There's, there's, oh wait, no, it's free count, isn't he? You can't forget free count. Sugar Shane Helms is down Does Booker T count? With the old spin and ruining? Is that, is that a dancing wrestler? It wasn't his gimmick, though, was it? What about well, Kid Quick and R Truth? Surely he's got to be in there somewhere. Yeah. I genuinely loved Kid Quick and Road Dogs tag team. Get Rowdy. <laughs> yeah, get Rowdy. I thought their music was great. Get Rowdy. So I'm going to say Kid Quick and Road Dog are my favourite dancing musical. Yeah, wrestlers ever. Yeah, I mean, like Fandango probably had the most success because he beat Chris Jericho at WrestleMania. But which everyone forgets. Fandango also was a victim of his own success, and he become annoying. Yes, well, his theme tune became very annoying. Yeah, Remember when it was in the iTunes charts, like at number five. It got it. Did it? It took America, didn't it? The Fandango dance. <laughs> Which wasn't, yeah. really a, which wasn't really a dance. He just pointed upwards and sort of moved his hips a bit. Yeah, very similar to the lucha dance. Have you ever heard... Um, fan, so we're sidetracking the image. Have you ever heard Fandango like, off WWE TV and his 
sort of who he is could not be any further from a salsa dancer. <laughs> I know he has like massive tatsleys on his legs. He's like yeah. a pro- he's a proper like like manly man. Yeah, <laughs> he could not be any further from a salsa dancer. I just think it's great. <laughs> to any salsa dancers listening out there who are also manly men, we don't mean to offend you. <laughs> Yeah. Do you know what? Bring it on. Any salsa dancers want to come and have a go? Bring it on. Oh, it's, it's, it's I think tough. you should have a go at salsa dancing now, Ross. Yeah, I reckon I could do Personally. it. Oh, no, it's tough. You need to keep your, um, you need to get your rhythm side. I've, I've been to, to salsa. Um, I, I went to one salsa lesson. It's, it's very tough. And you kind of went round in a circle and you had to dance with like everyone else there. And there was this kind of old woman who was like 80. She just wouldn't move. And you know, when you're just kind of like, you're just trying to move her around. She might not have been 80, but she just wasn't moving at all. And you're like, um, oh, okay, come so, on. She's just very, very wooden. You kind of had to like pose her, like, you know, you would like a tie or something, get in for the right position. So, but like, by the time you did that, he's moving on to the next person. Why? Why did you go salsa dancing? <laughs> you, you, you've just dropped, you've never dropped this information <laughs> to us before. quite the revelation, this. <laughs> Is this when, that, when was this? <laughs> uh, it must have been about five or six years ago now. Uh, you, yeah. Did you go on your own? Did you go no, people, people? people from work, yeah. I knew, I knew the person who was around the class. Did you lose a bet? Um, uh, so I sort of did lose a bet because I bet that I would be a professional wrestler in a year. Yeah. Otherwise, I'd go to a month of salsa. But we, com- we, we compromised like six months in, so I just went to, I realized I wasn't going to be a wrestler, so I went to one. So <laughs> uh, what did you prefer? Um, dancing with a 75 year old woman or getting thrown about by a 75-year-old Mike Jones. Oh, Mike Jones. Well, Mike Jones wasn't... He didn't prompt you out first. He just, he just sat in a box on a plier box in the gym and went, have you bumped before, lad? And I've been to one lesson at this point. So I said, hey, well, you know, I've done a back bump. Okay, right. And then the next thing, it was like, right, jump off the ring. There was two crash mats there, but my God, the fear. And they're like, oh, you landed on you. You don't want to land on your ass. You don't want to land on your feet. You don't want to land on your back. And it's pretty terrifying. So, uh, so let's answer the back. question then. Uh, Matty Jones or the other old women? Um, or, you, or if you could swap them around, would you have a salsa dance for Matty salsa Jones? Salsa dance for Matty. I think, I think so, yeah. If he could stand up less than me, he's getting on a bit now. <laughs> it's well as fat legend Matty Jones. What, um, what, about, what about salsa dancing or salsa on nachos? Well, if we got salsa on nachos, that would have been part of it, wouldn't it? But we didn't. We just got cheese sauce. <laughs> How have we gone to this? <laughs> Rob, say Peters, that is enough. Say classic wine up merchant, say Peters. <laughs> no, I, mean, I feel like I've been trolled here. <laughs> yeah, but then, but what was I saying? Yeah, so salsa dancing is hard, you know, Dan. You want to earn a one, two, and like, yeah, that's all right. we got to do is begin with us. So, um, Look what Disco Inferno started now. Yeah, let's yeah. Uh, They've got more time than they deserved. Um, solid if unspectacular. I, I put down as a, as a match to that. Um, right. <laughs> so we've we've gone we've gone miles off. Let's get let's get back to it. What we've got next is uh, a cruiserweight title match. This is Rey Mysterio, the champion, against Kidman. Not Billy Kidman, just Kidman. Uh, Mysterio and Kidman are the tag team champions, and I forgot Rey Mysterio never wore a mask. I was a bit shocked when he came out. Same, I was like, who is this, uh, how is this child going to the ring? Did you not know he got, he, he didn't have a mask? I knew he took it off at one thing, at one event, but I'd never, I didn't know he wrestled without the mask. I've never no, seen yeah. he, he lost a, without it. He lost a hair versus 
last match against Kevin Nash. Oh, for God's sake. Kevin, I think Kevin Nash just squash him. I mean, yeah, because yeah, this was the this was the the period where Kevin Nash was ruining WCW, um, properly ruining it, and it was during this period, wasn't it? So yeah. Kevin uh, Kevin Nash, I don't know when he lost his mask, but Kevin Nash became Booker in the February of this year. Yeah, but I think he had a lot of power and sway before that, didn't he? I think a lot of them did, though, didn't they? Hogan, Hall, Nash. Well, they all had in the contracts, didn't they? Yeah, yeah a creative is. control one, which. It's just, it's, it's just ridiculous, and you can't believe they ever. Somebody actually said, "Yeah, yeah, that's fine. Sign yeah. you for that then." So I'll sign you to a contract. Ask you what you want to do. If you don't want to do it, that's fine. You just do what you want to do anyhow. Ridiculous. Yeah, yeah, good deal. <laughs> yeah. The one thing I would notice about this match, because I thought this was an excellent match, possibly my favorite match on the card. The crowd was absolutely dead. Oh, it dropped off a cliff. I couldn't work out what happened. I don't understand why. They managed to get hot for Conan somehow. Yeah. Conan, K Dog, <laughs> keep it real. Five one five zero. Lame. And but then this match, I, I I don't know if it's because they were they were used to kind of cheering one person or the other in most matches up to this point, and this was just two mates. Yeah. Who's the best? And I don't like stories like this. I I think you need storyline heat in any match. Right. I, I just think it suffers. If you have like a match where you think this is going to be a spectacular match, the crowd waits and sits there and expects something spectacular to happen. Yeah. The most, the most recent example is the, the, the show we were at at WrestleMania 34 with AJ Styles and, and Nakamura. There was no reason to cheer one of the other guys. You just sat there thinking, right, this is going to be a great match. But then you just sat waiting for something spectacular to happen. You, you don't get into it. You say so you don't. All the little... Like, you know, arm drags or little eye pokes or little little things that just get build heat in the match just aren't there. And I think matches really suffer for it. Yeah. Because it's a storyline industry in the end of the day, I think. Unless you've got like a small indie crowd that loves that kind of flippy stuff. You need you need storyline heat. And I think this kind of this shows why. Yeah, I think they just try to book themselves into a corner, didn't they? Don't make them tag team champs. They yeah. Don't, don't put them again. I thought, yeah, I don't know why they have to do it. I get that they're probably the two best in the division at the time. But the don't make them. Don't make them the champs. <laughs> There's all many other tag teams. Or... Well, I feel yeah, that, I know, I feel that was, affected it too. There was but, a match yeah, on the night. Well, the next match needed the tag team titles. I thought, and they, they were there in the storyline all the way through until right at the end. It's just very, very odd. Um, but yeah, I, I don't know. I thought it was a good match, and obviously, like Mysterio and Kidman are two of the best to do it. Um, especially Kidman on this part. I was like, as a kid, I thought Kidman was absolutely great. I absolutely loved him. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it was just the crowd just dropped off. I, I, you couldn't work out what happened. They were just sat there like observing it. Yeah, it was very it was, strange. It was odd. And, uh, speaking of uh, aesthetically pleasing most, Billy Kidman's shooting star press. Oh, that's glorious! Off, oh. off the off the apron. Unbelievable. Top move. I might see Nick called it Moonsault. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah <he did. laughs> Come on. Come on, mate. That's probably why he was on Thunder. That's his move. Well, that's that's Billy Kidman's move. <laughs> Get it right. But he, um, I think the brain picked him up on that as well, didn't they? And um, one of them did, and he did say straight away, "It's you and Star Fresh." My my correction, but come on, man. Peters, what was your opinion on the match? I was excited to see another cruiserweight match after watching the first match of the of the card. Um, I do feel it, this suffered because, again, as we just said, they were both tag partners, so the it, it didn't feel. Real almost, there was no real heat between them. Mm. Like you say, the, the Kidman's shooting star press was unbelievable. Other than that, 
I thought it was okay. I just it just didn't you just didn't buy into it because there was no there was no real it didn't feel like there was any real storyline there. However, I would say the referee dived over Rey Mysterio to make the count. What an exquisite bit of referee viewing that was. <laughs> Completely vaulted over both wrestlers to make the count. It was incredible. It was better than Randy Savage vaulting into that ring at Uncensored 96. <laughs> incredible. Yeah, I thought there's some... Oh, there's one failure on which I'll get to, but there's some odd decisions by referees. Why are you jumping over them to make the count? Yeah, ju- get down just, where you are and count. Just go where you are. You can see the shoulders. Yeah, um, the oddest thing from a referee was deciding to look like Sean Penn. Um, yeah, he did. He did look like Sean Penn. Was that this match? I can't remember now. Um, I think it might have been this one. He was he, he like the only one who was athletic enough to dive over two wrestlers. So. And he was still rocking a mullet in 99. Yeah, but yeah, Sean Penn, special guest referee. <laughs> imagine, imagine that was the case. Sure. I'm going to Google this guy's name while we're talking. No, you two continue. Right. I think it, I think it's Randy Anderson. I think that's I who think it. I would agree with Peters. I think it's Randy Anderson because I heard that name a couple of times, and I I think it's him. And I only remember seeing three referees. It's only got One... two list. It's only got two listed on Wikipedia, and it's not Mickey Henderson or Charles Robinson. Yeah, I know. I'm, I think Mickey Henderson is a sort of Jim Ross looking fella, and then Charles Robinson is is Ric Flair. So yeah, you got if you want to be a WCW yeah, referee, you have to look like somebody Rand- else. Randy Anderson he actually looks nothing like. <laughs> it looks more like Bill Murray. Um, <laughs> Nobody has ever said Sean Penn and Bill Murray look alike. <laughs> yeah, but like, so I'll if, be if, people, wrestling room. if people listen to this show, if you Google Randy Anderson um, and you scroll to the fifth result, <laughs> it looks a lot more like Bill Murray than, than Sean Penn. Right. Well done, well done, Randy Anderson, and having two celebrity lookalikes, I guess. <laughs> Who look nothing alike. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> He's died, so rest in peace. Oh, well, that took a turn for the worst, didn't it? That? He was diagnosed with cancer. Oh, oh God, Jesus Christ. It gets worse. He'd seemingly beat it, so WCW turned it into a storyline. Oh, oh and, and then he died. Oh, what year? Oh, when, was that? when was, well, that was that? Two, it? It was 2002, so he died after the segment. Oh. oh. Again, um, if that is not WCW in a nutshell... Please tell me what is that is gross. Right, I didn't think I'd ever have to do this. But I'm drawing a line underneath it. Rest in peace, Randy Anderson. You did a great job. <laughs> we're, we're never mentioning that again, Jesus. Right. This year's gone off the rails. <laughs> I would say it's probably still more stable than this entire pay per view, though. To be yeah, honest, so this this. Wrestling around is more stable than WCW in the 90s. <laughs> to get back to the actual right. wrestling, I agree with you too. I thought this was a good match, but it could have been great if there was more heat there. And I think the if the crowd had gone involved, I think it would have been a lot. It, it, it could have been, you know, like a match of the year candidate, I think. The, the talent involved. This is very Mysterio, arguably, is athletic best. It's yeah. weird that the crowd that the crowd did not turned on it, but just were invested in it. So flat. It, it's just unbelievably odd. flat. For... Yeah. I mean, Mysterio's not as cool as Mask, is he? No, That's and... a lot to do with it, I think. Like, you know, you, you, if you're a little kid, like now, the, even these days, the kids love Mysterio. They're wearing the masks. He's a, a merchandise you know, king, isn't he? This, it's just like a small, it's just like a deflated Conan at this point. And no one, no one wants that, because no one wants the actual Conan ever. He's <laughs> just a small Mexican fella, isn't he? Yeah. Uh, yeah, I think this is this 
is shows why why I, well I think the WWF or WWE now outlasted WCW because they thought about things. WCW just sort yeah. of went, yeah, let's do that. No plan like, whatsoever. It's almost like they put the hand into a bowl and pulled out names and just stuck it or just chucked all the names on a bit of card and went, that'll do. Yeah, and then planned about two matches. I can, yeah, matches. I can see why they thought this would be a good match. I, oh, imagine, no, I get why they thought it'd be a good match. I imagine Melter liked it. I don't know. I've not seen the ratings, but I imagine Melter liked this. I, I thought it was. I thought it was good, but um, it just it needed something else. And if it had the sort of babyface heel dynamic, it needed a bit of bite. involved. Yeah, it just needed like they said there was there was no reason for it. Um, yeah, so yeah. Wait, let's go to what we witnessed last week between Sami Zayn and Nakamura. There's no reason for that match, but it was unbelievable, so you forgive him. If it's not unbelievable, it, you're like, yeah, no need no need for this match. Well, Meltzer gave it three stars. So three he was stars. like, he was like, yeah. yeah. Which, to be fair, is quite high on the show. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, quite high for WCW, I think, in general. But even it doesn't give it a lot. The, the highest match was the, the first match. Yeah, I'd agree with that. That was far across. Is that not telling though again of the cruiserweights at the time of what WCW had and then didn't utilize properly? Yeah, ah, it's Melter in it. He's got a very, you know, he's got he's, he's got his style. He likes it, but it's he's not the be all and end all. It's, it's very, it's very rare that his his match ratings chime in with what with what sells the most. I'd say that much. Yeah, well, yeah. If it was up to him, Hogan would never have been on top, would he? So, and Hogan was. Two of the most money out of anyone ever, did they? So. And also, I just want to point out that Brock Lesnar and Goldberg, WrestleMania 33, was a five-star classic in anyone's yes. mind. Yes, it was one of my favourite matches on the card. And he got the Tower of Doom minus three as well, so... <laughs> yeah, it's full of, it's that, full that is acceptable. Yeah, he's, he, I agree with you, Lou, there. He was wrong, because that needed a hell of a lot less than minus 43. <laughs> Can't believe this. <laughs> Ric Flair was no longer in the match, and he got pinned. <laughs> Came back. He came back. He wasn't even much. It's like where did where did close go? No one knows. Let me see. That's how we do match. This is right. It's the same, right? Imagine if somebody won the Royal Rumble by throwing somebody over the top rope who'd already been eliminated. Outrageous. It was as bad as James Ellsworth winning the first ever women's money in the bank. First of all, I resent that because that's happened. Steve Austin won after getting eliminated. Ninety-seven. Disgraceful. That's it. Let's just look at the weekend. Bray Wyatt carried the pin himself to win a match. No one argued there. Everyone <laughs> loved it. I haven't actually seen that much yet, so I guess I will. You've had a week. It's acceptable. I, it's the next match. I've got. I've only got half an hour left to watch. Yeah. It's the next I don't match. know why you. I don't know why you watching Speak Up Eight Nine Nine said that. Anyway. <laughs> yeah, neither do I. But bloody hell, we've been on this match here this way. <laughs> so Rey Mysterio beats Billy Kidman to retain the title after a Frankensteiner off the top row. So the next match we've got is uh, Raven and Perry Saturn, a newly reformed tag team, uh, part of the flock, against uh, the Four Horsemen. It's Chris Benoit and Dean Malenko being accompanied by the Enforcer and Anderson. Yeah. So the setup of this match was basically... Uh, Raven and Saturn got back together after um, Perry Saturn actually beat Raven to end the flock. He went through a bit of a cross-dressing phase, I guess. Very Marilyn Manson-esque. Wore a lot of skirts. And he's wearing... He's, yeah. Um, <laughs> 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 then they get back together for some reason. 
Um, and they're in a bit of a field with Chris Benoit and Dimalenko part of the, the four horsemen at this time with uh, Anderson and Ric Flair. Um, Riven and Saturn actually cost Benoit and Malenko the, the tag titles, which is why we must be the Kidman champions, we just discussed. Uh, and they've got a match here, yeah, a bit of a good match. Like you say, Lou said earlier, this probably could have been done with a, a been the, for the tag titles. Yeah. Um, a lot of the heat out of it. It was it was under Raven's rules, which was which was odd, I thought. Um, so Raven and Saturn come out of the table. What did you think, Lou? <laughs> Raven and Saturn, Benoit Malenko. On paper, yeah, it was. Yeah, it was. It, it was all right. I'll be honest. Like I know you need to. It's always awkward with Benoit matches because I never really fully gained him. Yeah, um, it's, yeah. it's kind of like you know, it's yeah. I know you need to separate the art from the from the artist sometimes, but nobody's watching uh, reruns of Jim will fix it, and that's for a reason. Um, and I think it's the same here, really. It's just <laughs> I don't know, like some of the some of the chair shots to the head and some of the the stupid um, diving headbutt to the chair. Yeah, uh, yeah. A couple of times. Like, I, I just felt it uncomfortable. So, like for for what it was, like trying to take that out, like it was a good match. Um, yeah. But yeah, I, I do find it very hard to. I, I inadvertently did this. I was trying to avoid Benoit matches, so I didn't have to talk about this too much. But um, I just didn't. I missed this on the card when I put this show. Um, but yeah, yeah for, for me, he's it's, in. Uh, he's in a lot for for yeah. ten ten plus years. He's, he's in a lot because he was a good wrestler. But yeah, I agree with you. This, you look at him, and I always think that. So off of him now. Yeah, and especially with the, the, the chair shots. Stuff, gimmick, like, yeah. You, you look and think, no. But yeah, I'm like you say, good match. Yeah. Benmar Malenko in the Four Horsemen, Peters. Um, what do you think of this iteration of, of the Horsemen? I noticed they were getting booed very loudly. I think they were heels. I, I do think they were heels. Were they meant to be the heel? I couldn't work out. I didn't this think was, they were. I, I thought I, they were the face. I, I thought sat in the ring would be the heels. There was a, there was a, a loud horseman sucks chat, but because he mentioned some of on the commentators halfway through, said something like, "Oh, they've, they've won the crowd over," as in Saturn and Raven. Right. So I think they were meant to be faces. I think. Was that not the point of the horsemen? The horsemen have always been heels, haven't they? All the way through the initial I don't one. Think, I think at this point they weren't because wasn't this the point where. Flair had come back. Flair at the time was president of WCW. Yeah. Maybe, maybe he was not But when you look at the way they lost the tag titles because of the interference from Raven and Perry Saturn, to me, because they cost them the titles, that would put Perry Saturn and Raven as the heels. Right. Because they've cost them. That's the way I looked at it. And I, I went into it thinking that they were the heels and the horsemen were the good guys, but then the crowd acted the opposite as to what was supposed to happen or what the characters were meant to be. That's don't what think it, that's the horsemen... Do you think the horsemen wrestled quite heelish? I thought, no, I thought they wrestled quite heelish. I, I was under no illusions that there was the heels. And was a, uh, there was a point where... The, where they, turned he, they turned heel in early 1999, but it doesn't say exactly when. So, yeah, because I thought... Um, there's a point where, like, oh, Benoit just, and yeah, Flair yeah. wasn't in it at this point, I don't think. So I, I think, yeah. I think maybe, to, give, to, to give him a bit of credit, I think maybe the, the horsemen wear heels at this point. Yeah, I'll possibly both heels, because it, it didn't really matter as much at this point. And it, oh, heel versus heel happened a lot more. Yeah. Thoughts on the match? I thought it was all right, yeah. I, I didn't think it was too bad. Like I said, the horsemen were heavily favoured by the officials in 
who was little Nate's Charles Robinson, but, which, uh, got yeah. mentioned, which got Heenan mentioned here. A lot. Yeah. It got mentioned a lot, didn't it? Heenan brought it up. Yeah. Um, I noticed as well there was a chair brought into, <laughs> into the ring and a, there's a drop toe hold on it, done on it by Raven, and it doesn't get DQ'd. When surely he's using the so chest, that would be a DQ. So this is a Raven's rules match. Uh, there are no rules. Quite what uh, Raven's rules match is, I'm not sure. Because they were basically hard car matches, I think. Right. Uh, Raven's rules. Yeah. And then there was, I noticed as well, but as we were just saying, Benoit did a diving headbutt onto a chair, didn't really protect yes. him, and cut himself open. And you were thinking, like, mm. it sort of... I know, obviously, what he did was horrible and everything, but when you're thinking of the research account, you're thinking, this is probably why. It's not easy to watch, is it? it? It Stuff, his brain wasn't in good condition because he just it's just mad. Why would you do that to yourself? I, I thought overall, though, it was a good match. Like I say, there was just bits in it that I just didn't enjoy. Like I say, the, the officiating by the ref, just call it down the line. Just, do you know what I mean? Just stop. Just stop it already. It just, it does yeah. wind me up. But it, again, it, as many things in this preview, it had a very WCW feel about it. I, I agree with you there, Peter. I've never been a fan of the, the heel ref. I, if there were special guests, yeah. But I think there was a was there a point where yeah. Nick Patrick was a heel ref, and he was he was the NWO ref, wasn't he? He was yeah. heel when he went to the WWF. I've never been a fan of that. But like, as well, like all commentators, some of them should just yeah straight down the middle. All four men as well would be in the WWE in just over a year's time. Or towards, uh, certainly by towards the end of 2000, anyway. All four of these yeah, all four um, would be in the WWE. So Saturn, Benoit, and Malenko move across, don't they, with Guerrero. Uh, yeah. Raven, Raven goes back to ECW first and then, and then goes back to then goes to WWE. I think 2000. Yeah, it, it, it turns up, I think it's Unforgiven 2000 or it's, SummerSlam 2000. He helps us out. The which Royal Rumble, Rumble was he in? Was that 2001? Yeah, the hard, yeah. yeah. He, yeah. Um, he the makes, his, makes his re- return, I say return to WWF. He was in it as somebody else, not Raven, when they made it. Johnny, Johnny Polo. Yeah. Um, it's the strap match between Taz and Lawler. That's SummerSlam 2000 then. Yeah, he comes in then. Um, yeah, I don't want to spend too much on this match for obvious reasons, but... Uh, Raven um, brings a chair into the ring. Oh, well, first of all, Perry Saturn jumps through a table. Because <laughs> he did. Perry Saturn in his, in his leather skirt. Um, <laughs> on the tire. He disappeared. He disappeared for a while, didn't he? Perry he went, Saturn, yeah. There was a long period where people thought he was dead. What, in, in real life, do you mean? Yeah. yeah. And, was, yeah. and then he, he came back. like He was working at a used car dealership. He had a massive face tat. I was going to say, he's got a Mike, there, Tyson, Mike Tyson style face. That's it, isn't he? His story is actually pretty, like, quite harrowing. He's like on um, Yeah, he was on, I think, Jericho's podcast. Jericho's trying to raise money for him. Obviously, they were friends. And oh, he's, one he's point, dealing with a traumatic brain injury. Yeah. Doing some, I'm going to stop Googling yeah. stuff. Yeah, yeah, you've, you've not brought any joy. Oh, no, I downloaded this afternoon, that, yeah. Um, yeah I think at one point he was like a bodyguard for a drug dealer or something like that. Heavily into drugs and it's definitely a sad story. But um, yeah, Perry Saturn jumps through a table. Uh, Raven does his DDT onto uh, D Malenko, but Aaron Anderson puts the chair on top of Malenko. Benoit then headbutts the chair onto Raven, and um, Malenko pins him. 
Uh, went 40 minutes, good match, but due to certain circumstances, I'm not going to talk about it anymore, so we'll move yeah. on. I just get on one final note, it needed those tag titles, didn't it? Oh, 100%. There was, there was no points this match without the tag titles. I don't know why they would have done that. Mm. Again, it's in very WC, very WC, the short sighted booking. Yeah. Oh, just, just do this for no reason. And then have the tag title face against it. Ah, annoying. <laughs> <laughs> um, but after that, we go to a, a video of the WCW president, Ric Flair. Um, he, at the time, he's in a feud with the Wolfpack, NWO Wolfpack. So he strips Scott Hall of the US title, which again is annoying. Because I just don't think titles should be took off people. People should. People no, it wasn't Scott Hall like in some sort of serious. You know, not to keep like bringing stuff down with googling, but I'm going to Google this. Was that was it. Was that an accident? A car accident? Was it? I think there may have been some reason non-wrestling. Continue, and I'll bring it up. I'll, the only I'll reason that I think he probably would be is because he's not on the pay-per-view at all. Yeah. And you would at least think he'd be in. He'd be with Kevin Nash, surely. Yeah, possibly. Or any, or coming down with a member of Wolfpack. Some of the US title. He then announces a tournament and there's various matches that show Booker T and Steiner get to their run to the final, basically. And I think Jericho's involved in there. I forgot Jericho was there at this time. I thought he'd have already moved, but he must have moved later. Um, I think he, he can't have been far off moving, surely. No, I think. Was, he, was he, it he summer 99? Yeah, he definitely goes in 99. Yeah, he is at SummerSlam 99. He, does he come out and Road Dog interrupts him? There's a promo or something. Um, but yeah, we'll move on to Scott Steiner versus Booker T, the US title. Booker T at this time is also the television champion, so he's trying to become a champ champ, as they like to say now. Um, Lou, have you found out anything about Scott Hall? Uh, I couldn't find anything in particular, but he was he was gone from like February on to like October. Right, yeah. no, that's so there's probably something happening there was yeah, a reason for, yeah. the, for the trip right yeah so we've got Steiner who is part of NWO Wolfpack comes out to the Wolfpack music when we said the other week I don't know, last week we've mentioned every week WCW theme tunes I do remember the Wolfpack one oh it's, it was great it's the only one I can remember it's still on my gym playlist now um, <laughs> <It's> really <laughs> but it's disappointing because I do love Scott Steiner's holler if you hear me yeah, yeah. I, I like that that so. is great yeah, but this is good music anyway. So um, for me, this is this is the best Scott Steiner. He's in absolute heel mode. He's, I mean, he, he takes me about five minutes to even start the match because he's just arguing with fans. And at one point, he even jumps off the guardrail, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah, that's what I've got written down here. I don't know if that was a WCW thing all the way through because obviously DDP was doing it. Um, yeah. The show that we watched two weeks ago. Yeah. But yeah, I loved it. It's just getting right up there. And Scott Steiner, you don't know if that's not... That could just be real. You just <laughs> don't know. Yeah, he's Does a bit he of a bastard, he, isn't he? He, he like slaps someone's hat, didn't he? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And the, the guy proper turns like he was he was having a bit of a joke with him, wasn't he? And then his face just turns to thunder. Well, but why then, he as well, that, that can't as, have been planned because he looks like he was giving it that. So Scott Steiner slapped him, and I mean, if I was to ever get slapped by Scott Steiner, I would immediately shut up and, <laughs> and sit so down and probably leave the building. Yeah. Go home and cry for the rest of the night. I think. Yeah. <laughs> but I noticed Scott Steiner said to one guy as well, "Notice your, how your girlfriend is touching me and not you." Absolutely yeah. brilliant. He's, what he's a put down that is. He's, he was that good of a heel. You're almost shocked that WWF or WWE thought he should be a babyface when he came back in like 2002. <laughs> 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 yeah. He is great. 
Good at Maxwell. Well. He's, he's still doing good. Still doing good stuff in, in TNA. Oh, Impact. Yeah. Um, um, big yeah. fan of Scott Steiner. I, <laughs> I love the craziness that comes with Scott Steiner. Uh, so he's against Booker T. Well, uh, I guess at this time Booker T is uh, he's finished with Howl Heat. I think they, they broke up. I don't think they get back together later on. But yeah. Booker T is like the, the new rising star of WCW. Definitely pushing him hard. Uh, he's the TV champ, trying to become a, a champ champ. Um, and I thought that most of the notes I wrote down are about Steiner because I just thought he was brilliant. His heel work is absolutely incredible. Like, he pulls a ref in front of him to save himself at one point. Um, he then hits a move on Booker T and then grabs the ref's arm and counts himself. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> It was like unbelievable. <laughs> His heel psychology in the match was incredible. Like you say, for things like that, just using the different heel techniques to try and win the match and get a, an advantage over Booker T. What shape Booker T was in as well at this point? I don't remember him in his WWE run ever looking anything like that. He was in unbelievable shape. It was expression. Both of them looked like big, big deals, didn't they? I thought this is yeah. the, for me. This was the turning point where they started taking it seriously. The commentary team. Yeah, yeah. The, ne- the next is two more matches after this. These are the sort of the three matches where they decided, like, yeah, this is a big deal. Maybe a bit, a little bit in the match previously, but definitely this match where they was putting up, they were putting up a Scott Steiner and Booker T, and that before they both looked absolutely fantastic. It's, it's quite like big. It's quite surprising that WWE didn't try and get Booker T beforehand. I don't know if that's because maybe he was a bit loyal to WCW. But when you look at him in this match, he's got the look of that WWE would have wanted, and he's got he's got the in-ring ability. It's quite surprising that they didn't go try and snap him up beforehand. I don't think he ever had the need to leave. I think he was on a good thing with um, WCW. I suppose, like you say, well, he was the end. He was the guy, yeah. Even, um, I, I get what you're saying, uh, because now uh, WWF are massive and WWE, sorry, and WCW are no longer, but at the time, because he was part of that 86-week run, and they probably thought, especially in 1998, the, the streak ended, didn't it? Especially in 1999, they probably thought, we can get it back, yeah. do it again. So I don't think there was any need for him to leave. But if Booker T had gone to WWF, you forget they've got Undertaker, Stone Cold, The Rock, Triple H. They're, but this is like an unprecedented time of wrestling where both cards are absolutely stacked. Every time, Will, have you got any, any thoughts on Steiner, Booker T? <laughs> yeah, I used, I used to join it for the reasons that you've... But Steiner, yeah, Steiner, I, I, was, Steiner was so ridiculous. Yeah. You know, the, um, the, yeah, the crowd were getting into it now at this point. I did think as well... There was this one and the main event as well when it happens as well, where the 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 championship gets like anointed, and they give it and they, get, they just go yeah yeah nice one I won the title, and it was no it didn't the, the title change didn't feel like a big deal. Mm. I mean I guess th- there was a lot of title changes happening at this point, but that was the only thing that I found a bit flat. Yeah. Um. In fact, yeah, finishes have always with the WCW always been a bit like yeah, haven't they? Um. But no, I I I enjoyed this one. I thought they they went fifteen minutes. This is probably my I have a second favourite or joint favourite match with the opening Cruiserweight match. Yep. Um, Steiner yeah. wins via pinfall. Um, well, he eats a Frankenstein off the top rope first. Crap put Booker T away. Then Booker T sort of picks him up for a suplex. Steiner's got an illegal object. We don't actually find out what it is. 
I would. I thought it was maybe coins. Coins. A stack of dimes. Yeah, stack of dimes. Stanley hits him with a stack of dimes, gets the pinfall, and is the new uh, United States champion. I can see why you. If there was all the matches like this, Lou, I can see why you loved. Um, you you love this pay-per-view so much. Or yeah, I remember there. now as a child. Like, I I don't I remember I remember this match and the ones after it. So maybe we only watched like the second half. Yeah, possibly. Possibly. Yeah, because yeah. yeah, the last three matches, I can I can see where you're coming from. Yeah. Uh, then we go through uh, an interview with Rey Mysterio. Where's with um? This was weird. This was, yeah, this was bizarre. And you can't hear him. No, no I, I, I think the point was know. you had to go on the website to listen to it. But, yeah, but you can hear I mean, him a little bit. Soft, faintly here. Was it? Was it Mark Madden and some other big dude? Yeah. Um, There's a lot of booze, yeah. and I'm, I'm assuming because of where it was placed, Stan has just left. Yeah, something must have been happening in the ring. Or yeah. On the visible to the crowd at, that, at this point. But yeah, it was just a waste of two minutes for me because you can't even hear Mysterio. Yeah, very strange. But I think the point was go on the website. Right. Which um, did, so it's something they did push heavily, didn't they? they had the yeah, because you think this, is, this is weird. This is like websites are brand new at this point. Yeah. It's odd. This is the point where you used to, you used to go on like WDF.com and wait like three minutes for like a 30 second video to download. Yeah. Great stuff on Windows Media, <laughs> on Windows Media Player, whatever it was. The little uh, awful stuff. And now, now there's too much for the choice, isn't there? Too much choice. Yeah. No one knows what to watch now. All, all this choice and we still we chose. Spring Stampede. Royal uh, Way is you. Yeah, two weeks <laughs> out, of, two out of three weeks, we've watched WCW pay per view. <laughs> As you will, you will, you will like glean from this series. I'm a, I was a big WCW fan back in the day. <laughs> I, for a long time, I thought we were watching Nitro on uh, Friday nights, but it turns out it was worldwide. They included Nitro hi- highlights. Right. Um, but yeah, I, I loved WCW as a kid. I, I genuinely did. Like, I, I found that I switched to WWF. Without knowing the same time as the general population did, but I think right. at this point I, I was still quite a quite a big WCW fan. I remember first thing, first wrestling I watched was definitely WCW Channel Five on it. Oh, Channel <laughs> Five. The UK listeners. Friday Channel nights. Five WCW. Yep. Yeah. It was you know sometimes you had to choose were you recording Robot Wars and are recording this you had to watch you had to watch one or the other. Great Bye. stuff. Mine was heat on a Sunday afternoon on Channel 4, watching Dean Malenko endless yeah, so, amount of times. So that came on a bit afterwards, didn't it? And that's, I think, how you got into WWF. Um, but before that, unless you had Sky, you didn't know what WWF was, really. No. no. Um, I remember watching it on holiday. It was like a special treat when you were like, on holiday that had a place that had Sky. Yeah. Um, in Blackpool. <laughs> I, I, I remember that, I remember. <laughs> well, we watched that. Um, but then, then, yeah, it was like, my God, yeah, WCW stuff is great. And even um, then, you still watch it on Sky on holiday and didn't think, God, this is so much better than WCW. No, nah, I had no idea what the storylines were, but I loved WCW. The only bit that annoyed me was when Channel 5 started putting those stupid cartoon bubbles on it. So right. there was like a chair shot, and it was like, pow! And I was like, oh, this is getting annoying. <laughs> right. so getting would, would, you, would you prefer that, then, to then what um, Sky did later on? I noticed this in that 2006, 2007, when I, I got back into wrestling. Um if you watched it in the day and there was a chair shot, they'd just pause it. Stop. Yeah, yeah you're not, what would you prefer? They're still doing it now, Daddy. Um, yeah, I prefer what Sky do. Because I think stop. Channel 5 is a good lame. So I didn't turn it off and watching what a robot was. Good show. Uh, and, begging, and begging for the robots for a rumble, which never happened. But we were all waiting for it. Yeah, we, we did. Did we not do one with the robot action figures that we had? I think, I think we did one ourselves, yeah. Yeah. But <laughs> we needed 
we needed the robot Royal Rumble. No, was, so if you're listening to DC, Darrow Brian, you're the horse now, aren't you? No, 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 no. fuck Darrow Brian. Greg <laughs> Charles. Just get back, back out Greg there. Yeah, you love a jacket on. Get a rhyme and do a robot Royal Rumble. Oh, Vince McMahon, if you're Great. listening, book it. Just book it. Just, Just book, book robots. I think that would be the end, wouldn't it? Would that would be as bad as uh, WCW's Monster Truck Rumble or whatever they used to do. <laughs> yeah, or the um, or Robocop. Yeah, Christ. There's a lot that we'll get to, no doubt. <laughs> it's Robocop. Uh, <laughs> Christ. That was a cage right from there. <laughs> no, he was just stuck in a cage or something. Like, oh, yeah. Hey, right, of course he was. Well, Robo- <laughs> I think Sting was stuck in a cage and Robocop ripped the door off. <laughs> Yeah, ah, I think that might have been a Super Bowl, so we've got a while to wait for that. Yeah, that'll be February time. Uh, anybody, anybody wants to know more about Robocop, either being in a cage or ripping cage doors off, then join us later on for Super Bowl. <laughs> this is my promise to you now we will cover Super Bowl this year. <laughs> but it might be February. Do you mean calendar year? Yeah, the, the first. Oh, no, I'm lying. It was Capital Combat. Capital Combat. Uh, which happened in May. So in May, right, Capital Combat. First, because what we do is, if you people don't realise why we just pick these shows, we pick the shows from the week that, we're, that they're going to go out. Um, it, was on, it happened on May 19th, so, so while we, uh, Undertaker was killing his parents, Robocop was running wild. So on May around, 19th, can't we just review See No Evil instead? No. No. Oh. Around May 19th, we're going to be watching Robocop. <laughs> Because I've promised it to the to the listeners now. Yeah. If there's, if there's anyone Dave left, Dave Peters looks the most despondent I've ever seen in book. <laughs> yeah. Oh. Well, you'd rather watch Cena Weevil then, then then see Robocop. I'm not having it. The only Cena Weevil that I will watch is right. We're still talking about Booker T. Is where is where he's King Booker and he's just stood there with his what are they called um, staff. Staff, metal staff, and he's pretending to be in Cena Weevil. Because <laughs> that is great TV. Unbelievable TV. We're all excited. In May, around the 19th, where well, I don't know it falls this year. Let's have, should we have a quick look? Peter's is just despondent now. Peter's, he's gone. Peter's so upset. <laughs> Which just makes me want to do it more. <laughs> yeah. May 19th. So, right. On... It's the 30th anniversary. It's a big deal. Yeah. So um, it'll either be the 20th or the 27th of May. We will watch. And we got you, Robocop. Just, <laughs> just, just a kill two fears. And do you know what? We're all going to love it. So to get back to WCW, uh, before the silliness, after this, I don't know when it was. Um, We've got Goldberg against Kevin Nash video package. So it's basically showing that uh, Goldberg was undefeated for 200 and whatever matches, whatever they said it was, three years, basically. I think um, it changed every week, didn't it? I think it just, yeah. just made a number up on the spot every week. And we're like, yeah, that'll do. Ask him how to beat it. Even if it's made a number, Ask could genuinely manage to beat it. Impressive. Uh, yeah. Ask, shout out to Asker. She's doing all right. Uh, well done, Asker. The uh, Nash beats... Nash beats, Nash beats him in January uh, with the, uh, this is the classic Scott Hall using the cattle prod. It was, it was Starkhead and it was Goldberg's birthday as well. Oh, great. Mainly because I remember that because he doesn't let it go even now. Very annoyed. Right. 
even in his well, Hall of Fame, even in his Hall of Fame speech, like, yeah, he still thinks it's real. Does all go back? I mean, the Hall of Fame speech where he thought he was getting inducted to the NFL Hall of Fame. <laughs> yeah, that, that <laughs> that's one. That's all he said. I assume that Kevin Nash exercised some sort of control for that to happen. Then did he? That's he was a goddamn booker at this point, I think, wasn't he? It, that's, no, yeah, that's what I mean. Kevin Nash became the booker the month after. Yeah, I always presumed. Well, so did I. So I looked it up, and it was the month after. So there's, um, but he must, he must have had a creative control clause in his contracts. Must have. Oh, he just didn't want to do business. You wave a lot of stories that you don't know what's true. You don't know. I think a lot of people disliked him, so a lot more stories about how bad he was come out at the time. Yeah. We've met him, though. Lovely chap. Lovely chap. So I was wearing a, yeah, I had a Finn Balor top on, but he thought it was Paul London. <laughs> so, <laughs> keeping up to date with the current product. <laughs> great guy, great follow on uh, on Twitter is, is Kevin Nash. It's good lad though, Kevin Nash. But yeah, there's a video, sad bad a lot today. There's a video uh, package showing all that, and uh, this is, it's got big, uh, it's his only defeat, and he's trying to avenge his defeat. So Kevin Nash comes out. He's uh, accompanied by Miss Elizabeth and Lex Luger, uh, representing the NWO Wolfpack. Goldberg comes out, and notably, the first wrestler of the show, I believe, to have pyro. Which no, of... B- Booker T had some. Oh, the Booker T had some. Booker bit. T had his flames, yeah, before just before that, yeah. But again, that shows how really WCW only cared about the upper half of the card. Mm-hmm. Whereas in terms of WWF, like everybody had pyro, so that's here. Yeah. Like the Dudley Boys, they had pyro. No main event as was there, it was probably on first. Uh, I thought Book um Goldberg looked great, yeah. Um comes out. Nash starts with a promo, does the KO classic uh, Scott Hall. Yeah, and he's meant to be the heel there, that was that was stupid. Yeah, well, yeah. It's, it's this thing in, it, this is where it's for me, this is where it starts, heels becoming cool. Get the goddamn heat. Get the heat. Yeah, if you're a heel, if you're a heel, be Makes the match better. Yeah. Um, so Nash starts with the promo. Um, it's very Nash sort of heavy at the start, which I, I guess makes sense. Bishop, I mean, Bishop always does say to me, um, when Goldberg lost, he picked Kevin Nash because Kevin Nash could realistically beat him because he's, what is it, like six foot ten, three hundred pounds or something like that. Yeah. yeah. He's a big fella, isn't he? So, realistically, if they were going to have a, let's say, like a legit shoot fight, Nash could beat him. So, I, I get that. But I thought this, this was, I thought this was a great match because I, it brought me back because I loved Goldberg. <laughs> I thought Goldberg was the greatest thing ever to happen to pro wrestling. And it, it was absolutely great. So, Nash is uh, starting off with most of the offense. Um, Goldberg then uh, spears the ref. And I brought this up earlier, referees, and we said about the Sean Penn jumping over the over the thing. The ref quite clearly <laughs> jumped behind Kevin Nash. <laughs> Come on, you know what I mean? I'm sure as well he got hit in the bowels. In the bowels? In the bowels. <laughs> and he just holds his stomach. Either he's got a solid Titan bowels. Uh, the or... referee. Yeah. yeah he... He he took Goldberg's head right to the nuts. Yeah, he, he sold that very well as uh, going the last minute event. of this. The last minute of this match was no shot say. Yeah, no shot say, right? Yeah. There we have it. It's a t-shirt. <laughs> I did enjoy Nash's uh, leapfrog over Goldberg. 
Well, I thought... Um, was expecting him to put his quad out again. <laughs> Classic Nash, tagging it in, rips all his quads. <laughs> who's, got, who's got worse quads? Vince McMahon or Kevin Nash? Kevin Nash. You had to pick, you had to pick a quad to rely on. Who would you pick? Vince McMahon or Kevin Nash? I'd pick, I'd pick Vince McMahon. Yeah, yeah. Vince I did it once, and he was just a lucky he was both at the same time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but I mean, Vince was just literally getting into the ring. <laughs> I'm sure we'll cover that as well, because that was weird. Yeah. But yeah, I thought, uh, I didn't realise Nash was going to jump off a of Goldberg. I thought he was going to take the spear into the ref. Yeah, I thought that as well. Yeah, you knew something could... was going to happen by the rest position. I just didn't think it was going to be that. That fleet throw could have gone so wrong as well. Like if it was timed really well, and if it hadn't have gone well, it would have looked awful. And to be fair, it could have resulted in injury for Kevin Nash, Goldberg, and the ref, depending on what happened out of it. So yeah. fair play to uh, to Nash for actually pulling it off for, for, yeah. for a big for yeah. a big ad. So Nash has been very healy in this, and there's a low blow earlier, Luger and Miss Elizabeth getting involved. Uh, so he jumps over Goldberg. Goldberg then spears the ref. Uh, Luger gets involved with a chair. Terrible chair shot, mainly because yeah. He's... Why is it going upside down? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, uh, I, when, when you watch it, I thought, right, he's gonna, you know, when they dig into him with the edge of the chair, don't they? Yeah, yeah. Oh, it's gonna be that. No one. It's hit no. him the wrong way. Little tap, little tap from the legs. He's looking quite old here, though, isn't he, Luger? Yeah, sure, He's yeah. looking very aged at this point. I don't... I think this is sort of the beginning of the end for Luger. He's, uh, he's on the sauce a bit, isn't he, at this point? Yeah, if you're... Yeah. A, his gimmick was his body, wasn't it, as well? If you're a body guy, it must be hard to... You, you do tend to go a bit yeah. quicker than others. Especially when you've got no charisma or skill. Yeah, and there you go. And you just, you just look good. That was his gimmick. I right, was and- good. Yeah. And you've lost the Lex Express, Lex Express by this point as well. Uh, yeah, that's true. <laughs> um, he hits him with he hits him with the chair. Uh, Goldberg then returns the low blow to Kevin Nash. Luger gets involved, gets beat up again. Uh, Luger, Luger did not look good in this match. Got <laughs> involved twice. Hit him with the chair the wrong way, then got beat up. Goldberg uh, then does the spear and the jackhammer. Gets him for the one, two, three. Uh, Goldberg sort of regains a bit of steam that he lost when it when when that when he he lost his streak. I thought this was um, the perfect considering what they did to Goldberg. This was the perfect match for like yeah, actually Goldberg's a beast. But it, I am a big bias Goldberg fan. It but was it, better than what I was expecting. I mean, I just thought he did everything he needed to do. Kevin Nash looked dominant, but Goldberg overcome all the odds. The one again. I, I'm all meant because it's two big guys going to, to, at it. And when you think of that, to me, it just seems quite a slow and sluggish affair. Whereas this was, it did actually have quite a lot of fast pace about it, like you say, with the, the leapfrogs and then Nash sort of starting the match quite well and then Goldberg coming back into it. Yeah, I think there's a. I don't know what you say about Goldberg, you know what you're going to get. But. Um... You get. I'll bring this up in the next match. I think a lot of wrestlers, you know what you're going to get. Yeah. Um, but I think Goldberg matches, they don't last longer than 10 minutes, but they don't need so. They're thoroughly exciting. No, and if they do, you get Super Showdown. Exactly. And it didn't need to. You, you, 10, 10, it, 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 like you say, that, that was in a Goldberg match at WrestleMania 33. Yeah. It was incredible. And that's all it needed to be. And it was four minutes long, yeah. Exactly. Um, Lil, did you what did you make of, of the rematch of Nash Nash vs Goldberg? Yeah, I just cut down like a 
Just nut shots, nut shots for days. Nut shots for days, apparently. Yeah. Obviously, the, the referee took one right in the balls. Like, I think he was holding his stomach because that's what he's meant to be doing. But my God, Goldberg's head. And then there's a bit where <laughs> Goldberg low blood Nash. I just held on to him. I think even he was like, he's holding on to him. And like, yeah. What's he doing? Get your hands off his balls, Goldberg. Yeah. I, I think Heenan, um, I know he like sort of shit all the commentary teams, but he, some of Heenan's lines are absolutely classic. Oh, they're, they're entertaining. I think they absolutely <laughs> buried the product on screen. Yeah. But, but they're entertaining. But yeah, it was just like, you've done the blah, blah, but now get your hands off his balls. This is too long. It's awkward. <laughs> that was my main takeaway from this match. Did you enjoy it? The whole match, I just the, 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 the ball thing. Yeah, the whole match. Oh, the whole match, yeah, it was quite good, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, no, it was good. Goldberg got his heat back. I mean, I think Goldberg was kind of, well, like the rest of the recent we it run out of steam by this point. Yeah. You forget that this is like, as I said, like last week, this is the last good WCW pay per view. I think it'd been. There's, yeah. still, there's still got two years to go after this. So. Yeah. They were, yeah. Lo- they were lo- at this point, I think they were losing the Monday Night Wars, weren't they? They'd been on top for so long. And yeah. then the WCW was going to WCW. Yeah. Wasn't it? And even though it was, a, it was a good show, you could kind of see. Why it was going wrong? Um, yeah, yeah. Why, why they went out of steam? So I think, but yeah, I think this kind of got Goldberg's heat back. Um, I, you know, I still don't think he should have lost to Kevin Nash in that in that way. No. In December of that of last year. Um, but yeah, it was it was it was entertaining for what it was. And to say like Goldberg, it kind of protected him as much as you could. Shanigans, no shots. Um, yes. Classic nice yeah. wrestling match. I'm going to stick up for Goldberg here. A lot of people forget. Goldberg went on that mad run. He'd only been in the business a year, two years. Yeah. People forget that, don't they? It's not like he'd been on the Indies for God knows how long and they've brought him in and he knows how to work a match. He literally went to power plant for a couple of months and he went, yeah, you already. Yeah. Go out and do your thing. Yeah, and he was ready to do what he was he was, he was meant to, to do. Yeah. I'm a big fan of Goldberg. So they go seven minutes, which is classic... Um, Classic Goldberg. I thought this was this was sort of build as the, the co-main event, or the definitely the second biggest match on the card. And uh, I thought it really lived up to expectations. Uh, Nash, say what you like about him. I know you the promo was a bit wasn't very heelish at the start, but I thought Nash wrestled like a heel. Definitely, yeah. definitely got heat on himself. Didn't he? I thought. Yeah, he was just trying to flog match at the beginning. I think there's a lot of NWO shirts in the crowd. Yeah, yeah. Well, he, I think. I might be wrong, but they did they not get paid more for how many shirts they sell. Yeah, they still do, which is the issue of that the heels have getting heat. Right. No one's buying a brown carbon shirt, for instance. Yeah. As we discussed last week, he's got a weird belly bone. So. Yes, he does. <laughs> let's uh, let's not forget that. Uh, moving on, we go to the four corners match. Uh, there's a, a good video package showing all the the four contestants: DDP, uh, the champion Ric Flair. Hollywood Hogan and the Crow Sting, who I believe had just come out of the NWO Wolfpack, so just come back to the white sort of face paint rather than yeah. the red. And um, let's all try and forget that happened. <laughs> that, that was sad. Yeah, red Sting, not a fan. Didn't mind it in TNA. He put a bit of red in it. So I just think white. Right, he spent all his time fighting the NWO. And joins him. And he's like, oh yeah, well you split in two now, so I guess I'll join one of you. What? No. Yeah, uh, yeah. Shots. Although I guess it paid off for him because they held to out wrestling in 31. 
Randy Savage is a special guest referee. He, he comes up with gorgeous charges. It's the first time we've seen Randy Savage since uh, December 1998, so a good few months. Um, nothing annoyed me about him. He's debuting sort of a new slick black look, not the colourful Savage that we know. There's no sort of zebra print or leopard print. There's no cowboy hat. There's no there's nothing. He's, uh, he's all in black. He didn't wear a ref shirt. I picked up on that. It annoyed me too. It, it, yeah, it annoyed the hell out of me. I don't know if that's a, um, a WWF thing where I was pictured, say special guest referee, I was pictured falling in his homemade ref shirt. Yeah. Or even Shamrock in his like sleeveless ref shirt. Or oh, Vince in his comical sleeve, <laughs> sleeveless shirt that he still wears now. <laughs> but um, there's always a ref shirt so you know that they're not part of the match. Yeah. It, and Savage it, could have done with one here, I thought. Yeah, yeah, I think you should always wear a ref shirt. Because it, of what he's wearing as tired. well. Yeah. You know, like the old games where you used to just pick a wrestler and it used to just be their normal attire? Yeah. And you just stuck a ref shirt on the top? Yeah, do that. Really. Just do that. Yeah. Yeah, I thought that should have been there. Should have been. So we've got um, yeah, DDP, Rick Flair, the champion, also WCW president. And uh, Sting comes out last. Um, this, it's, a, it's a fatal forward match for four corners matches, they say. So anybody can pin anybody to win. So the example they use is if uh, Hogan pins DDP. He would become champion without actually pinning the champion, Ric Flair. He started well, I thought. Uh, Hogan uses his belt early on, very early on. Pretty much straight away, whips his belt on, starts yeah. whipping whipping Flair. Interestingly, um, so we watched Uncensored a couple of weeks ago. It's in the archives, if anybody fancies listening to that. Um, and on matches like this, they use the double camera. Do you think this match should have gone to double camera? Yeah. You do think you do... Well, you're a family, Peter's, Peter's as a double camera. Yeah, I, I did, because you get to see the action that's going on in the ring, and it makes the action on the outside of the ring, like I said the other week, feel as though it's needed, where, you know, so it feels like anything could actually happen. Whereas when the focus on the ring, you just know that what's going on, on the outside isn't really contributing too much on, to the actual overall feel of the match. Yeah, I thought this um, it suffered because it was very muddled. I don't think they knew what to look at, or I don't think many of them must have wrestled many Fatal falling matches. Nah, I, I, I think the, you know, respect to Terry Peters and for a long while, but he's wrong on this. Like, I don't think you need a double, double camera. camera. You just need the the wrestlers in the match to plan what they're doing. Yeah. And two of them calm down while the other two are fighting. But which is strange I, for a DVD I don't, I don't, match. The double the double camera like is okay for like a chaotic eight on two tarot do match, which is awesome. But yeah, for yeah, a, but, right, a match like it's fatal far away. Like, have you ever seen it in a WWE? Because you don't need it. Just yeah, that, well, just to, yeah. To go back to Tarradol, when he actually used it in Tarradol, there was no need for it because it was both on the same friggin' floor. <laughs> Good point. Well met. <laughs> but yeah, I, I agree with you. And it was strange that it wasn't that planned out because I'm led to believe that DDP is very meticulous in planning out his matches. Yeah, but like, how much sway has he got with people like Hulk Hogan and. Um... That is true, and Ric Flair, Ric Flair. yeah, yeah. Sting, yeah. Um, and it was made known by the commentary team that uh, DDP is the only wrestler to have never won the big gold. He's never yeah. been the to not won the uh, ref, only wrestler to not win the championship. But yeah, like you say, um, so I think DDP and Sting are fighting in the ring, and Hogan's whipping somebody outside. That, that the cameras need to be on the whipping. The whipping's a big thing, isn't it? Um, yeah. 
Like we, I was saying earlier, where uh, it's a criticism of Goldberg that he, he gets, to use the phrase, he gets his shit in every match. Hogan here, within the first, I think I think it went about 70 minutes, but within the first, maybe five five to eight minutes, he's already hooked up and dropped the, dropped the leg drop. <laughs> so, do you know what I mean? There's, there's loads of wrestlers who are guilty of getting getting the shit in on, in a match. Sting? How many Stinger flashes did we watch today? I just thought it was um, it's very repetitive this match. So yeah. the same spots happened over and over again with just different people. Yeah, it was one based on star power. I think at this point, you know, we're saying WCW, we you don't really know it, but in hindsight, you know that it's going under, and you know that there's a lot of all's not right backstage. Mm. This match is probably an example of that, really. Um, I was, I was it was quite... kind of far guys looking out for themselves. I was looking forward to it. You you read the names on paper. DDP, Flair, Hogan, Sting. You think this is going to be unbelievable. Yeah. It's going to be a great match. Um, so very early on, Hogan does his leg drop. And then he's put into a, a figure four by Ric Flair. He, he manages to reverse it. It's broken by either DDP or Sting. And then uh, the outside, and DDP puts a figure four around the, around the, the ring post, which looked absolutely brutal. Yeah, it did look, yeah. It did look bad, that. Hogan's then helped to the back right after, after the figure four. I guess in the, that you, I think you said earlier, Piers, maybe off camera, the commentary team didn't seem that bothered. <laughs> so it's quite yeah. obvious. It was, uh, it was planned. It, they, they didn't make a big deal of it, and they were just going, is he going to return to the match? And you're thinking, well, the way they're going on about it, he's quite clearly going to. And he doesn't turn back up. And then you're just thinking, is that because he knew he wasn't going to win? Before the match, so you just thought, well, fuck this, I'm going to go after five, yeah, ten to, minutes, and because it's, because it's Hogan, because he thinks I'm not going to be the one that's going to be pinned, and if I get injured, I look better anyway, because I'm not the one that's lost the match, or been part of it when it's lost, something like that. Yeah, possibly. I'm not, I'm not going to be, yeah, I aren't going to be pinned. Yeah, yeah, I think it was definitely to take out the finishing sequence. But Hogan's helps to the back, Bishop comes out. Helps him back in. That's the only thing of Bischoff you see. <laughs> Two minutes of that, I thought. What annoyed me when Hogan's getting swatted. Everyone just stopped. Yeah. Yeah. But if then you, you wonder as well, did they know about it? Yeah, but if I'm wrestling for the, what, the, the, the biggest prize in the company, maybe the sport, for the WCW World of which I'm in Egypt, I'm not going to stop because someone's getting stretched off. Oh, Unless they, they stop to think, to make try and make it look like a legit injury, so they're thinking, right, what do we do now? Possibly. That's, that's all I think. Someone should have then told the commentators, or someone should have told them, you know, in WWF, they'll the throw up the X, won't they? Yeah. Which just happens a lot more now. Now people know it's, that, that, that's like, oh, this is, this is legit. Yeah. So they should have done something like that, but they're just like, oh, the trainers are here, are they? <laughs> Hogan's going in, I guess. And everyone just sort of stood and looked for a bit. And I think if I was a wrestler and it meant something to me, I'd, I wouldn't stop. You'd get involved, wouldn't you? Get the cheap shots in, wouldn't you? Yeah. While everyone's back's are turned. Maybe, I should, maybe I'm a natural heel. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, no, I think, I think maybe you're right. Logically, that would make sense. But I think they were trying to, even though it was the kayfabe, they were trying to sell it as a shoot. Betray it as real, yeah. Yeah. Again, it had a very... WCW feel about I know we've said that a lot but when you watch this you just and you, you hear the stories and for someone that's never watched WCW like I have like me you think 
yeah, they're, they're right. And what, what you think is, you think it can't be as bad as what they say. And you look at it and you think, God, it is just exactly as bad as what people make it out to be. I know yeah. Lou's not very happy with me on that one. But. No, I do think there's a... I think watching... I've watched a lot of Attitude Era stuff on a similar time, and I do think you can... There's clear parallels of why one was better than the other, why one lasted and one didn't. I think, with, all, I with all due respect to Terry Pearson, I've known him a long while. He's talking bobbins, right? <laughs> WCW. That's just uh, calm it down, Lou, bobbins. Calm it down. <laughs> I just, uh, apologies for the strong language. <laughs> But WCW was great, right? It only went out of business because of Time Warner. Right. That is true. You know, it would have it would have continued. Yes, it was being less it was less popular than a WWF at this point, but it could have went around, it could have swung around. It did a lot of daft stuff though. Uh, yeah. I mean okay. I mean WWF did a lot of daft stuff. Yeah, I just I d I don't think his main event was that that symptomatic of it. Like yeah, sometimes it had, it was like the four individuals were out for themselves. You know, they're all getting a shit in early on. But I don't think it was a bad match. No, I, I, thought, I thought it was it was good. I, I enjoyed it. I, what I did like, once Hogan had gone, Ric Flair and Sting were, were grappling with each other and putting punches in the in the corner. And DDP just stood, stood there just watching it. I thought that was quite clever in the way that he's just thinking, well, let these two go at it and I'll take uh, a situation that's in front of me. Yeah, as you would do. So Hogan... Sort of leaves, doesn't come back, so it then becomes a sort of triple threat three way match. Yeah, there's a three man sleep hold which I loved. I yeah, that was, was great. A, that, that was brilliant. So the, yeah, like you said, there's a, there's a spot where uh, Sting and Flair, like eternal rivals, are they going at it? DDP just sat in the corner going, "I let you two just batter each other." Because <laughs> you yeah. you would, wouldn't you? You you absolutely you wouldn't break it up. Which is something. Uh, this is completely unrelated, but I'm getting worked up thinking about it. Like, in elimination matches, say Royal Rumbles, somebody's getting about to be thrown over or pinned, and somebody else breaks it up. Come on. What are you playing at? Unless it's your tag team partner, or you've got a vested interest in them. Yeah. Stop Get it. Out. Yeah, out. yeah. If, he, if they're eliminated or thrown over the top rope, they've got, you've got a better chance of winning. But um, So I, I quite like DDP here. Just like, wait, yeah, let them still beat each other up. I'm, I'll recuperate for a bit. A bit of added realism. So the match goes on for another couple of minutes and uh, Ric Flair puts Sting in, in the figure four. Sting gets to the rope and then Savage decides this is this is my this is my chance to shine. What you lot you lot wrestling, I'm not having this. He uh, he breaks he breaks Sting from getting to the ropes, <laughs> just kicks him, and then drags Flair into the middle of the ring. So Flair's still in the figure four, like look at this point. Uh, doesn't think, why am I being dragged by Savage? <laughs> no, just just goes with it. Yeah. Just carries on all the minute, and then Savage goes up the top row. Well, I drops. guess Ric Flair thought that he was being helped. Possibly, Savage goes on the top row, drops the elbow onto Flair, which then breaks up the the, the figure four. Yeah. Well, after that, the commentators do mention that he's just double crossed Ric Flair. Yeah, yeah, so could, yeah I guess. I think Flair probably thought he was being helped. He's like, oh yeah, I've got the figure four on, dragging them away from the rope. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, like he kick, he kicks his hands off, doesn't he, off the, yeah. off yeah. the rope break initially. Um, then there's a bit of a sort of a couple of um, DDP hits the diamond cutter on Flair, gets him for the one, two, three, and DDP wins his first WCW championship. And yeah. Very flat. It didn't end. feel like the big moment it should have done. Like, I know I said, I did a bit of research on this, and DDP was on the way to turn and heel. 
yeah, he was uh, acting a bit foolish. I believe what happened was so DDP a year and a half, two years earlier was that's when he should have won it. Yeah. Um, it didn't, and like what happens with every wrestler, I don't care what anybody says, every wrestler is eventually turned on by the fans, and yeah. this was happening to DDP. Yeah, you got you every 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 baby face has an expiration date, like you know, John yeah, Cena. I mean, nowadays people, it's about two weeks, but yeah. Well, yeah, Cena. People want people pushed wanted to push him, and then everyone hated him. Roman Reigns, people wanted to push him, everybody hated him. Drew, the same, I imagine, is going to happen to Joe McIntyre. Yeah, Seth Rollins, obviously. Seth Rollins, yeah. Um, it happens all the time. Wrestling fans only want the underdog. So as soon as someone gets behind them, they're like, ah, what, this guy. You know, it's, it's, like, um, it's like a band. Everyone loves a band, don't they? Oh, I like. It. I really like their first album. And then yeah. they go mainstream and you don't like them anymore. <laughs> yeah. Kings of Leon. is <laughs> a big one, isn't it? It's like that, isn't it? Where you 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 love them, and I don't know, I don't know why it happens. You're getting what you want, and then it's just yeah. Like, yeah. I think it's because it's kind of it's kind of your thing. Yeah. Um, you know, maybe like, maybe wrestling fans are just anti-establishment. They don't yeah, like Kings, Kings of Leon is a good example, and obviously, like you know, Peter feels the same way about the cars. Um, <laughs> first great album, and then. Everyone, just, everyone loves uh, them. Just to put in there, Terry Peters is the cars' biggest fan. I think he's yeah, seen him five just times. Just, yeah, just, just gets off on the cars. God, he's got every album. He just oh, loves them. He loves them. <laughs> Absolutely yeah. loves the cars. He just can't get enough of the cars. <laughs> Sometimes we try to record the podcast. And Peters is like, oh, just give us half hour. I'm just listening to the cars yeah. again. <laughs> Playing his bloody violin. Dude, <laughs> yeah, he's to move on. <laughs> Coleman, Coleman was left of his hair. <laughs> there it is. Week three. Week three. Three bald jokes. <laughs> so the weather's quite nice outside today. I got told I should uh, sun cream the bald patch. Yeah. As you Probably. should be. Keep it safe. Well, going back to DDP, I also feel... <laughs> smooth. I also feel um, the... The ending, they just cut straight to the commentary team, so they didn't have the moment where he's sort of lifting the title above his head. No, it was very weird. It was just like, oh, DDP's champ. Oh, nice one. <laughs> i see you next week. Yeah. Maybe they were out of Nitro. Maybe they were out of time. Which, which happened a lot me, in WCW, I believe. Yeah, it? Which brings me to thinking, why the fuck did they add Scotty Riggs? Yeah, like, this is it. Just about to this say this that. is it. That, the main event could have had an extra two minutes. Um, yeah. The tag, the tag match could have had an extra two minutes. Mysterio Kidman yeah. could have had it. Just had a bit of time for an extra celebration. Like, no one cares if, if a show and shot if it's been entertaining. But I think that's sort of what... WWF are brilliant at this, and WWE still has to do it. Where you have the champion at the end, there's always a shot that reminds you yeah. of that pay-per-view. There's a closing shot of what you want to remember. But I guess the story was more about Savage rather than DDP winning his first title, which, again, was just... Which of, is wrong, yeah. because I'm yeah. I'm. It should opinion. have been a big moment, and this is the issue with WCW. Like I know I've been defending them all, all the shit. But there was DDP was like the up and right, up and coming star, first title, mm. and yet even him winning his title was like a, just a bit part to Savage and Flair. Savage, Savage was, was yeah. past, past his best at this point, didn't he? Yeah, he moved very slowly, didn't he, down towards the ring when he came in. Oh my I thought God, his entrance yeah. was really cool, but he took ages. When he was second, ring. when he was second account. Yeah, yeah, he was slow, wasn't he? Very slow. But this, sure. I mean, that, that's the issue. Is like DDP was the big star. He won his first title, and yet it, that wasn't the main story coming out of the match. 
There was something yeah. else that really annoyed me about this match. Ric Flair was the first out. He's the champ. Why yeah. was he not out last? Yeah, I'm a, I'm a traditionalist. I like that, that really. That really annoyed me. I wouldn't mind if he was even second or third, but for him to come out first, I felt devalues the title just a little bit as well because it just think you just think well. Does that make the competitors a bit better than the actual champion? I think first is only the only one I would say is better than last. If he comes in the middle of the pack, then yeah. That's uh, yeah, I think yeah. sometimes I, I, I agree that somebody should come out last, but like sometimes they shouldn't. They'd be like I'm thinking Undertaker vs Batista at WrestleMania. Well, yeah, any yeah, Undertaker. There's a difference. You need, you need the, the fear of. Which I guess there was trying yeah. to do with Sting, wasn't he? So Sting yeah. was a similar I guess if got, character. Like, a special, if you got a special entrance. Yeah. And you need to see your opponent's reaction to it. Yeah. But he always used because I remember when it was I think Lesnar and Undertaker and Hell in a Cell the first time, like 2003. And Lesnar was champ and he, he came out first, but it was like, oh, he wants to get, he wants to see the the cell. And he yeah. kind of made the reason for it. Just, but really, it was just because Undertaker's entrance was better. Yeah, I get that. But yeah, yeah, I, I don't, yeah, I, I agree with you, Piers. It's a, it seems like a petty thing, but I think it's like I'm a big stickler when it comes to tradition. Like last week, I said like I always want a title match on last. Mm. Um, and it, same as same as this one. Like I think the championship, the champion should always go last. Well, I think it adds an importance to the championship. So is it like you said earlier? There's a few titles in this, and there's no importance to them whatsoever. Yeah. It's like oh, they've got a belt. Oh, nice one. Yeah. WCW championship should be what everybody wants. Everybody's in WCW to win the WCW championship because it's the most important prize. You are the best of everybody. And like you say, DDP wins it, but they're all on the box savage. And yeah. this felt. This felt like it was coming up to the point where all the the main championship was hot potatoed a lot. Yeah, uh, that, and I think that happened under Ruto more so than Bischoff. Well, DDP lost it like two weeks later, actually. Yeah. That's it. That's there you a, go. Then a lot, of the, a lot of the titles were lost a couple of weeks later. Like, yeah. um, and Rey Mysterio lost his. This was April the 11th. Rey Mysterio lost his Cruiserweight title on April 19th. Just yeah. out of interest, who did DDP lose the title to? Do you know? I uh, can't remember. Now. Was it Nash? Let me do some more googling. But it should be. This was a trait of all Marty's promotions, though, wasn't it? Maybe with the only maybe exception being, I think RVD was he the TV title champion for like a year and a half or something like that. Yeah. One, yeah. yeah. But he was like a he was like a stalwart one. But, uh, but every w. every championship was this was the era of sort of unpredictability, wasn't it? Where you have to because there were that desperate for ratings and the ratings battle was a lot bigger than it is now. They were making it like. Must see TV, so it was swapping the title constantly. Uh, he lost it to Sting, but then he won yeah. it back the same night. Devalued the, the title, didn't it? What's yeah. the point? See, you and see, then how long did he hold it for after that? Bloody hell. Right. All right. All right. Yeah, hell. this is a point I'm trying to make. It, it, well, yeah, it, I agree, yeah. yeah. It, it makes him like. Um, so they said Rick Flair. He lost to Slambury the next pay per view. Rick Flair to, at the time of this. Kevin Nash. He was um, a 14 or 15-time world champion, wasn't he? Yeah. Someone's winning it back in the same night. It completely devalues how many times he's held that. Time. Yeah, it is. There's, there's sometimes where I think it's good. And it's like, do you remember the time when I think it was Unforgiven, when Senior just had to give up the title? And it went back and forth between Randy Orton and Triple H in the same night. And mm. sometimes it's good if it, if it's, but if, when it's happening all the time. The, the most recent one I can think of is like when Cena won it for the 16th time. But, and he, yeah. lost it, he lost it like two weeks later, and it's like, well, doesn't really mean anything. Then that, that should have been like a historic title. Win. It's like DDP's first one, like, if it's going like 13 days or whatever, it was 15 days, and he loses it. 
I also think a big deal. Yeah, to bring it to sort of sort of semi-current was um, when Sasha Banks and Charlotte were swapping the title every week, and and then you hear Charlotte now and she's like a ten times women's champion. Yeah. Is she? No. I kind of do like the story that like Sasha's never defended the title, but I know that was that probably yeah, but, wasn't planned. Yeah, that's their. So like her first, so like her first it, title defense when when it when it happens will be like will be good now. But again, I think that's like yeah. the undertaker streak. It just kind of happened by accident. And Steve Blackman's undefeated streak. They just realized one day he never he's never lost. <laughs> <laughs> so I just think the title should be the, the title should be more important than any wrestler. Titles there after the wrestlers come and after the wrestlers go. You know what I mean? It's there before, yeah. it's there after. Yeah, and you've got to have a prestigious and lineage. And I feel like. Yeah, especially because the WCW was effectively the NWA Championship, so yeah. it, has, it has a lineage. It's got every any wrestler was worth his salt before the actual era. They'll you know had the NWA title or at least been in a match for it. And now it's just second thought because too many egos, which is something you hear about WCW all the time. And I agree with Peters. I think throughout the pay per view, you can tell too many egos and the sort of just ah, oh, it's like compromising isn't it. Compromise and say, right, yeah, we'll, we'll do this then. Just thought it was absolutely, absolutely flat, and I thought that yeah, ended yeah. with the end. They did mention that uh, it was the first time they'd been up, uh, definitely for a pay per view, they'd been up to, to Washington. Yeah, it was at the Western, I think. Yeah, I don't know if that was WWF country, maybe. Even in, like in, even in its heyday, I think WCW was more concentrated on the southeast. Yeah, so maybe maybe that's why maybe the fans were so flat because they didn't care as much about WCW. Yeah, although they seem to throughout the show. I just think yeah. DDP was very heelish. It was a bit of a weird ending. You were like savage than that. Okay, cool, but yeah, but why? Yeah, that. So I think that, it was just a bit that. But also, you didn't get a see, you didn't get to see a lot of the crowd because it just went ah, nice one, he's won it. Yeah. But it was like yeah, it wasn't the the big babyface win shouldn't come through cheating. Which I guess... Oh, I'm not cheating um, on shenanigans. Yeah, I guess that fits with WCW's oh, WC MO, though, doesn't it? I guess it sort of fits with that, because yeah. it's... We'll find out why Savage did that on Nitro tomorrow. Yeah. Because they're obsessed with ratings. Because there was a TV show, weren't they? Yeah, and that's the thing, I guess. But you just kind of... When it's a standalone event, you kind of forget. Yeah. But um, on the whole, for me, good, not brilliant... I'd give it, I'd give it a six and a half to seven out, of, seven out of ten because I was in a good mood when I watched this morning. You got your highlights, you've got the cruiserweights, uh, the tag match I thought was good, despite us not wanting to say a lot about it. You've got your, your okay parts, and then you get your bad match to Riggs best week. Interestingly, the tagline to this event because uh, it was a cowboy theme, wasn't it? The good, the bad, and the showdown. So obviously the showdown was the main event. Yeah. And I thought the rest of the show was good. I think it was bad. Yeah, they've <laughs> so yeah, let me know what was going on there. Terry Peters, any final thoughts on the on the pay per view as a whole? If you had to give it a, a grading or a score out of ten, what would you give it? Yeah, I'd agree. Six and a half for me. I thought the cru- I enjoyed the cruiserweight matches, and I really enjoyed Scott Steiner and Booker T. And other than that. I didn't really buy into much of it. Like I say, those were the best and they stood out the most for me. So as your, your second WCW pay-per-view, I'm assuming this is this is your favourite. <laughs> yeah. It, it, I, I preferred it 
in comparison to Uncensored 96. Do you think they've moved on in three years? Do you think yeah, I think the, there's a lot more production value to it. I think the, the names they've got seem to be a lot stronger. I think there's other, some of the storylines are odd. I think there's more storylines there that are stronger. Right. Uh, Lou, you obviously loved this as a child. Yeah, it did. I enjoyed it for the most part. The one thing I would say about the main event is like, you know, the, the characters in there and the, and the, you know, the four like big names, Randy Savage, special guest referee. Why not make it like a Tyro Doom match? Are <laughs> you being legit? No, nobody. <laughs> no. Nobody, nobody <laughs> thought of Tyro Doom match. Right, so you're sacked. <laughs> well, Boo that man. Boo this man. Boo. Boo. But, but no, I enjoyed it. It was, a bit of a, it was a bit of a slow start. And I think at first I was like, oh God, what am I picking this up for? But I think halfway through the show, it, it picked up. and it, it was a good... If it was a WWE pay-per-view now, you'd say it was, it was above average. It was, it was good. It was an entertaining show. I would, I would say there was more good matches than bad matches. Yeah. I, I, I definitely think it was... Yeah, it was good. I'd watch it. Maybe watch it again. That was decent. I thought, especially the cruiserweight matches, and then starting at his best. If you look, I could have done without Mikey Whipwreck in his match, which makes it all the more yeah. weird. Why they added it in? Yeah, no idea. Or is uh, it the fill time that they didn't have? I think yeah, it's the fill time just, that they didn't have. It's crazy, isn't it? Absolutely crazy. Ludicrous. Uh, obscene. Obtuse. <laughs> yeah, there you go. He said it himself. <laughs> so that was. WCW Spring Stampede 1999. We're having a break from WCW next week. We're going to ECW, the first ever ECW uh, pay-per-view. Terry Peters is excited. Just look on his face. He's like a little child at Christmas. <laughs> ECW's got one of those things for me. It's very intriguing. I was intrigued as it when I was getting into wrestling because I'd heard about it and I thought, wow, that sounds incredible. I watched, I managed to get hold of a VHS when I was younger and that grew my intrigue even more when i got the network it was one of the first things i watched just because i'd never seen a lot of it so i'm very excited for next week are you worried though Terry peters uh so sort of you were like have a nostalgic feel for ecw lou had a very nostalgic feel for wcw are you worried the, that ecw won't hold up the thing is i don't have a nostalgic feel for this event more so ecw I've got no hopes on the event, so I can only think that it's going to go either way because I've only watched the later stuff. What the early stuff's like, I really don't know. So Terry Peters is uh, excited. Let's, should we say, we'll say that? Uh, oh, yes. ECW next week. Looking forward to it? That's a thing. It's happening. <laughs> is that, are, you, are you against? I, because I, I, I think, I'll say it. I think when I've watched it in the past, uh, I can't watch show you made us watch. I've got, um, was it Hardcore Heatwave, 99, 98? Like yeah. Heatwave, I, Heatwave I 98, I think. I don't know if it holds up to the nostalgia, Heat, but I guess we'll see. Heatwave 98 is one of my favourite pay-per-views of all time. <laughs> yeah, it's this one I mean. Like, I, I don't know if it holds up, but, we'll, you know, we'll see. It'll definitely be different to this match, to this pay-per-view. I, I think you have an ECW fan or you're not. I think it's very Marmite, isn't it, ECW? I'm a big ECW fan. Uh, as I just found out, Terry Peters is a big ECW fan. I'm guessing you're not an ECW fan. Well, 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 you know, we'll see what it's like. Hopefully, like they'll have the, the original ECW characters, so hopefully we'll be able to see Marcus Carvon and the zombie. Uh, <laughs> but I'm looking forward to a good show. <laughs> uh, one day, right, December, we're doing it. Dismember to dis- <laughs> December to December. Oh. Yeah, the human relationship, while you're watching it, it just turned off anybody you grew up watching wrestling for all the 90s. 
<laughs> but I'm looking forward to EC- I I think ECW was great. I think it was helps the fact it wasn't around that long. I think some things burst onto the scene and are gone as quick as they come on, and I think that helps because they don't like WCW. It got daft, so now everybody thinks that's daft. I think ECW was a uh, did did well. That it jumped on, came off because I think it's been longer since ECW finished than it was on. It went on oh, for very long, wasn't oh it? Oh god, it has now. It's been about nineteen years. It didn't have a didn't have a great long shelf life, but I think that's helped it because it didn't saturate the content that ECW was producing. No, there's probably been more ECW reunion shows than actual ECW shows yeah. at this point. <laughs> it's, uh, is it was it ninety ninety seven ninety six ninety seven ninety seven yeah all the way back to ninety seven so two years before this so we'll probably see. I haven't read the card, but we'll probably see yeah uh, Hack or as he's better known as Sandman. Yep. Just uh, on the Sandman, when he comes out to Metallica, that is one of my favourite entrances. Yeah, it's not on the network anymore, is it? They've kind of changed it for his generic music, yeah. Did he see the one night stand, the first one? The first one one he had it, yeah. He had it and they replaced it on the network. They replaced it with his new ECW music, which I thought was all right, but obviously you can't see it. It wasn't because uh, when the crowd was singing and he's pouring beer all over Tommy Dreamer. Unbelievable. We'll get to that at some point. I think it's, I don't know when it is. June time out. Yeah. So we'll get to that. So thank you for listening. Let's go through WCW. This show proves that not all WCW was terrible. If you said to me, what was your opinion of WCW after since 96? I'd have said, get rid of it. Don't watch it. <laughs> terrible. But I think something 99 is, eh, let's say it's won me round. I won't be as uh, against watching others in the future. So, Lou, you've earned, you've earned a few points there. You, uh, you may be maybe still in a, a, a negative de- deficit. <laughs> Excellent. WCW is back on the menu. So, maybe if we watch like a, maybe a, a 97 show, a 98 show from WCW in the heyday, you might. <laughs> he might be coming to positive. Oh, Robocop was there in 1990, so... Oh. Uh, so, we'll, we'll, as we'll, that. Discuss, we'll get to that. Uh, <laughs> any final thoughts from you two on WCW before we wrap it up? Take that as a strong no. Terry Peters is looking very upset at WCW. <laughs> Did you not enjoy it, Terry? Are you not a fan? Have we not won, has it not been one round to WCW yet? Not really. No. <laughs> So like I say, the, the cruiserweights, I enjoyed those, and I like I say, I enjoyed Big Papa Pump, Scott Steiner, and Bucket T on this show, particularly. Now, you, you have to try harder next time. <laughs> but uh, thank you for watching, uh, for listening to this. Uh, uh. Actually, maybe one day. <laughs> if you do watch our video, it's just Tay Peters pulling funny faces at <laughs> things he doesn't like. Uh, Lou, where can we find you on social media? I'm at Lou Markham at all social media, but don't have me on Facebook, you weirdos. <laughs> there you go. Joe Peters, where can we find you? I'm at RobL92 on Twitter or at Tez Peters on Twitter. Well, how would you make a RobL account as well as you, Joe Peters? Right? I, had, I had is a good guy. Oh, right. Yeah, I, I have had nothing of the sort. I'm at RL92 on Instagram as well. He's sticking with this L thing, aren't you? Yeah, that's a weird thing. Ed is a good guy. Strange that one. Don't trust Terry Peters. <laughs> I am another name. I am at the Ross M on uh, Twitter. You can follow the show as a whole on uh, at Res Around. That's W R E S Around. That's uh, Twitter and Instagram. We are Wrestling Around 
on Facebook. Uh, thank you to anybody who's given us a review or a comment. They really do help out. So if anybody feels inclined to leave, even if it's just to give us five stars and say Terry Peters has... Is a legend. <laughs> is a legend, as we've got one. We have one. <laughs> so Terry Peters is a legend. If you want to be number two, do it. <laughs> so if you want to join the... Uh, Terry Peters crew or the Terry, Terry Peters the, revolution. The Peters Posse. <laughs> <laughs> if you want to be a member of the world famous Peters Posse, the give, us a, Nation. <laughs> give us a give us a review and put I am a member of the Peters Posse. <laughs> uh, t-shirt incoming. If you've got yeah, t- there you go, t-shirt incoming. Anybody? I am a member of the Peters Posse. Designed, designed and created by Terry Peters himself. <laughs> Then you can, by all means, at us on on Twitter or um, that's at rest around W R E S around or um, email us. We are wrestling around at outlook.com. That is wrestling around at outlook.com. WCW. It was all right. <laughs> it is one of me of it. Join us next week for ECW, their first ever pay per view. Thank you very much for listening. Thank you, Lou. Thank you, Terry. Thank you. Thank you. And we shall see you next week. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.